welcome to the Guardians of the Dominion, your official, unofficial Vampire Academy podcast, where we talk about everything related to the Vampire Academy universe, including the books and the adaptations it's inspired. Currently, we are talking about Peacock's Vampire Academy Season 1, and I am your host, aka your resident Strigoi victim, whose jaw was also coincidentally ripped from my mouth. So, um, if you're wondering why I'm still talking right now, I'm a ghost, and um, ghosts can't do anything alone either, so um, I need hosts as well. So, introduce yourself, guys. I'm Peyton. Hi! Hi. <laughs> I cleared my throat before I spoke this time, because in every single thing we've recorded, before I start talking, it's like, um, Hi, I'm Lena. Hi, I'm Bryn. Hi, I'm Carmen. Okay, guys, good job. All right. Awesome. Oh, I forgot. I I forgot. We are talking about episode three of Vampire Academy. I forgot to look at the title, but that's what we're talking about. Death Watch. All right. We're talking about Death Watch. A quick little PSA for today. As we are recording this, the Twitter apocalypse is happening. Uh, Hopefully, by the time this comes out, you will still be here and we will still be on Twitter. If not, we shall find you on Instagram. Our handle is Guardians of the Dominion. And also, if you ever want to look for us, just look inside your hearts. We'll yes. always be there. <laughs> we will never very far. And also, this is coming out on Andre's birthday week. Um, so we will be doing a little birthday segment for him. So just wanted to preface with this. All right, heading into Death Watch, uh, we go straight. Well, well I'm gonna skip the intro. We all know we hate it, but I we don't hate it. it. You guys know I love camp. <laughs> <laughs> camp counter. Yeah. A, tally, a tally for the camp counter. <laughs> so besides Theo, we all hate it. Uh, but yeah, we go straight into the fight at St. Jude's. I know some people hadn't realized it was St. Jude's. Um, I really, really love this fight. I love the choreography. I love the slowdown, the way it was shot. I think it's beautiful. Really enjoy it. I love the fountain in the back. I think it's so dramatic. Um, I love the Strigoi's little leaps. They're like, yes. <laughs> They're so good. So and fun. also, I immediately thought it was Janine, and I was so happy. Um, See, I didn't. I didn't either. <gasps> I, I had no idea. Okay, here's the thing about me. I have seen Vampire Academy all the way through at least seven times, right? So I've seen episode three at least seven times. But until we were re-watching to take notes for the show, I never realized it was Janine. I was just like, there's a baddie fucking shit up. (laughs) But I didn't realize it was Janine. You you weren't like, I wonder why they're focusing so much on this woman in this fight? I don't know. Kirit wasn't in the scene, so I wasn't paying attention. So oh I realized God. it wasn't St. Vladimir's. That's the first thing I did. I was like, okay, this is not St. Vladimir's. That's just somewhere else. Okay. We're not worried about our, our about our main characters. Okay. And then I just was paying attention to the fight. And it wasn't until later on where Janine actually appeared. And I'm like, oh, okay. That, that woman that was fighting, she was Janine. Okay. Good to know. Moving along. But at no, first because I was like, obviously I didn't Janine know it was her because up, I didn't oh. read the books. I'm sorry. Oh, no, when she popped up at the the school, I was like, I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this woman is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've never seen her before in my life. I, mean, you know, I was watching that fight scene, too, and I don't rewatch shows. So I was like, oh, okay. So they're just, I was really watching this fight scene being like, oh, they're jumping. Cool. They're killing. And then, 
like fast forward to me disappearing. Like now that I'm rewatching it for the first time, I was like, that's Denise. What is she doing there? <laughs> oh, they're jumping. Okay, so I was the only one who got it was Janine. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> we get it. You pay attention. I paid it, but also I think I um I just I I just thought she had Janine energy, and then we have um, Xavier's jawless dick, which I remember. It took me a while to figure out. That his jaw was gone. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't you... notice until this rewatch. So you're no, right. It's like that's <laughs> a lot of tongue. Why is there so much tongue? That's a lot no, of tongue. Listen. That's it. <laughs> Everybody in here can tell you that I thought I was on like fucking genius mode i thought i was a genius when i texted the group chat and i was like guys the jaw in the box is xavier's jaw like christian just said that his parents said he was gonna pay for his mouth someday i thought i was like yeah oh my god find out they literally included a note card that said xavier in the box with the jaw and i'm just you didn't notice the note i'm sorry sorry kieran wasn't on the note so you didn't have it like (laughs) Keep in mind, hey, keep in mind that the first time I ever watched through this show, it was like three o'clock in the morning. Okay, like, but you I said you watched, watched it seven times afterwards, so you have no <laughs> yeah, excuse. Yeah, but like you know, when you're rewatching, you're like, oh, I've already seen this. Karen's not in the scene. I'm gonna gonna get off my phone. Get off this podcast. Out of here. I'm just hamming it up. I'm just hamming it up for the bit. I feel like this whole episode has a really interesting vibe. I, it's one of my favorite episodes, and uh, it's a bit more unhinged, a bit darker, a bit more everything. Unhinged, like an- Xavier's jaw? Like, oh, we got yeah, him. So there, there's, a, there's a tongue situation, and I was like, is this a big tongue? Like, what's happening? But anyways, I immediately loved when we jumped into the Census Bureau, that guy that counts, he's so weird. He's he is dick. so creepy. He he's just he's just so strange. And I really love the tell them to fuck more exchange. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone loves that. See, it's pretty iconic. It's yeah. hilarious. It is so it makes me so uncomfortable, but it's so funny the way they deliver yeah. it. Like, yeah. if they delivered it in a more serious way, it would be, like, massively triggering. Yeah, but when they're yeah. talking about it, I'm like, this shit's iconic. This is hilarious. Like, Irene's face when she's delivering that speech, like, I think it's so funny, like, the side glances. So it's a lot less triggering when I'm, like, laughing. Yeah. Right? But, like, yeah. Like, the, the, okay, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. I think it's still funny, though, like, that the queen was like, yeah, like, tell him to fuck more. And then she made Irene say the speech instead of herself. Like, she was like, Irene's gonna do it. Like, she's gonna handle this. Well, because she's using, like, the church duty kind of vibe, but, Mm -hmm. like, it's your your duty as an elementalist to do this and keep the elements active. I feel like if you took a shot every time someone said duty in this specific episode, you'd be dead. You'd be dead, and I I don't want to hear that word. I don't want to hear that word ever again in my life. Also, also, I find those two actresses absolutely wonderful. They're absolute powerhouses, and I think they have such a wonderful chemistry, and they balance each other so so well. I know we like we get to see them less than some of the other secondary characters, but they're one of the only like real proper adults, and I feel like they have such a 
a great energy and such timing like the comedic timing we are, we are talking about really dark stuff and about very important things and it's it's steaming in religion and beauty and ethics and yet they're so hilarious i, I just think they they have the best vibes i, I really a, enjoy it it's a good balance where it's like the stuff mm -hmm. they're talking about it's like it would be so boring and you wouldn't want to listen to it because it's like awful like what they're talking about like but they they say it in a way that like you actually catch on to like what's happening and you're like oh if i think about this too hard it's not funny anymore but i'm just gonna laugh along mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. but i do i forgot what i was gonna say too i we're waking up i like uh personally like one thing i really like i'm french and in france we haven't had a religious state in forever like it's just not a thing uh we don't do it we don't talk about religion in school it's like most of us are atheists uh and it's so interesting for me to have in the show the really two different uh polar opposites of the queen who is very much the politic aspect and irene who's very much the religious aspect and how much power they each hold over each mm -hmm. other and the push and pull between them i think we get to see a lot of it in this episode and then it, it keeps going in future episodes i'm thinking notably of episode eight and nine but it's uh it's i think it's such an interesting dynamic and it's something we don't get in the books like obviously mm -hmm. the church is not as important so i really enjoyed that addition and uh, i think it, it makes things much more complicated and it makes the ethics of both of both the the duty in itself but also of your faith and how your faith leads you and how much of a place it should take in the decision you make very very interesting and very complex and um, i really love that they added that um i don't know if anybody else wants to add anything more before I mean, we come to church i have <laughs> some thoughts just about like that whole thing about like church and state thing it's not super mm -hmm. like in depth about the show mostly just like a lot of vampire media really does like it does go hand in hand with like like that imagery of like religious imagery and like mm -hmm. themes and stuff like that so it's really cool that they really focused on that in the show but in a way that's kind of like doing something a little different than like other vampire media out there so it's kind of doing like its own little spin on it and it's kind of refreshing to see and it's fun julie yeah. and marguerite are both american right yeah they are yes because so. i think i think the entire like council and like the church and state like mixing it's very reminiscent of american politics yeah like it's i was not, watching it that it doesn't have much of a european yeah. vibe at all <laughs> no. yeah it's it, it's very much i don't know i find it like when the any time the council is doing anything i find it so triggering because it feels so connected to like american politics oh, yeah. and i'm like i'm like there's the republicans like mm -hmm. they're the yeah, <laughs> they're yeah, yeah the really really but like Are we number one <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about it a bit after in the episode and then a bit after in the show, but like there is so much about your sexual freedom and your sexual identity and the choices you make over your own body uh, that is connected to the church in the, in the show and that really reflects what's going on today in the US, but not just in the US, like in, in loads of other countries. And um, as a woman personally like it's something that i i find very very interesting in this show and that's both very triggering and very eye-opening on many things uh, and i love that they decided to delve into this because i think it's so important um but we'll get back to it a bit b did you want to say something i'm sorry 
Oh, I was just saying, like, okay, so I really like how it's so tied into American, like, it's so similar to American politics. And I know, like, a lot of, like, people who watch the show, like, they aren't American. But I just think it's so interesting because you kind of do see, like, how it affects, like, like, you see it in the point of view of the politicians, right? You see them fighting. And then you see their effects of what they're arguing about. And you also see, like, who they're affected by, by, like, the guardians, because they don't have a voice on the council. Like, they just don't. Mm. So I think it's really interesting to see, like, how similar it is. And also, it's so annoying. I'm so sorry to the council. They make me want to scream. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do. Their common sense out the window, you know? Oh, sorry. Go for it, I, you. I was just going to say that I know, like, some people on the internet complain about like the america americanization of the show and stuff like that but i think it's like the aspects of it that are drawn from those parts are very effective because like rereading the books and the books have a very american feel to them but in a way that's different than the show because in the books it just feels like you can tell it's written by an american author and it's just like the vibe and aesthetic of like what's going on but then with the show it's like just little pieces and it like and it informs like what's happening in the story and it gives you some like added context to like make it more um like in depth and powerful but that's just my thought that randomly came to me right now so it's not super thought out <laughs> I'm, i know i'm not the only european here because ka is european mm -hmm. but i'm the only one who lives in europe right now um i've lived in both france and the uk for quite a while and personally i really don't mind the americanization and i really enjoy it because there is a really divisive um feeling when you're european where like Maybe you shouldn't care about what's going on in America, and maybe you shouldn't get involved. It's not your country. It's it's like it's not your problem technically, but the problem is that it is such a superpower and such a leader. But anything that happens in America happens to me. Uh, mm -hmm. If something happens in America, then it's gonna happen just a few years later to me. And like you can see it now with not to get too deep into the politics, but it's bound to happen with this show with everything that's linked to abortion. I have grown into a country where abortion has been a right my entire life. I've never had to worry about it. I've never had to be scared of it. It's wow. like, I, it's not something where if I go to an abortion clinic, I risk anything, I, but now I do because things have changed in, in America and because things have changed in America, they're having uh, aftershocks everywhere in the world and now we're seeing more of a discourse about it and things that i thought were my absolute freedoms and rights my entire life are being reconsidered because one country decided it was okay to reconsider it and so now it's giving power to voices that up until now were minorities and they're like see they did it and they're such a big country and they're so advanced so like if they did it surely we can um, yeah, we're, we're so we're so advanced and like yeah, i know it's kind of heartbreaking to me um, yeah. So I find the I find the Americanization not a problem because I feel like it can be applied to many different countries. So yeah, I think was you know there there are humans problems and there of course we always think that they're only the problems of people with uteruses, but I don't think that's the case. And everybody is involved. You can hear the cat next to me. Um, yeah, everybody is involved in this, and uh, it's interesting that they bring it up and that hopefully they start conversation with this. Um, for people that maybe haven't really thought about it before or for people who took certain things for granted. Because it's different 
realizing something is wrong when you've been told your whole life that it's right and you've grown up into a place that tells you it's okay and seeing it on tv and being like that makes no sense why 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 would they do it and then maybe you 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 know you open your eyes to some stuff yeah um so is i think it, that like the, it has meaning what they add it does i yeah, do think that like it's not it, it's not for for any shock value or just for plot purposes like they are trying to say something yeah um, and it's one of my favorite aspects. I think it's why I really love Silver. Uh, we'll go back to that in a bit. But um, just to quickly move on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got a bit deep there. No. Uh, just to quickly move on. We get actually, in the thing that we get the actual Frogmore speech. Um, and it's a scene that I find absolutely wonderful. Uh, don't know if anyone wants to start on it. Or if you want me to... All I have in my notes about this speech is sacred duty my ass. So I don't think yeah. I'm like the right person to like actually go in depth about it. <laughs> not go in depth at the at the speech. I'm gonna get in depth at everybody's reactions. They're great. Me, oh yeah, I wrote them all down too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you? You made I wrote every single I, reaction down. I'll let you go about reactions and then I'll do my little mummy uh, uh chat. Yeah, yeah, but mm -hmm. wait, so I just really like how you see all the different ranges of like what their like everybody's thoughts. And then my favorite one is like some of them, like Mermia, like having their little like you know stare off, which I think is so funny. And then it's like Dimitri just standing there, and then it's like Kristen just being like grossed out or weird. And like I'm like, what does everybody like feel? My favorite one though is, and I okay, it's I'm waiting for it. Like, it sounds like <laughs> I'm gonna be touching this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Why is he sleeping? Like he's just asleep. I like, and it's that it's like bam, get up, son. <laughs> like hello you have to like and he's like the one also that i think is really interesting for like even though he's the one that's not paying attention he's the one that's like getting forced to do it like out of everybody he's the one that has to do it i'm like that's like karma like a little bit right i feel yeah that scene is so great because it like shows everyone's different like i don't know it just shows like damn it i can't think mm -hmm. right now <laughs> it shows okay. i think the variety i, I I think it's interesting that Dimitri is the only, like, religious dompier that we see, really, or the only one who's, like, actively religious, and his face, he's just sitting there, and he's, like, staring ahead, and he looks so tense, while they're, like, the Moroi and the dompier have a sacred relationship, Bleh. like, saying all this stuff, like, I just don't, like, <laughs> how can you sit there and listen to all of this, and hear about the way, like, the church talks about you, and your entire, like, race and like like be like still devout oh god like, yeah there's so much to just, dig into with that well i'm catholic so i can't really speak about that <laughs> that's true that's true but i think dimitri them adding him being religious into the show and like making that part of like his character is so like there's so much to dig around it. with yeah because the elementalists are at such contrast with the Dompiers. So I think that's very interesting that, um, because he's like a smart guy. He's not stupid. Yeah, but, but like some people need that. He needs something like, to hang on to. Like exactly. he needs something I to think, like anchor him. Yeah. I think faith is such a, a complex and a personal subject. Like I've been mm -hmm. Catholic my whole life and yet I am bisexual, I'm pro abortion, I'm pro homosexual marriages i'm pro all of that stuff i'm one of the good ones Me too. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, Rise up. yeah but <laughs> i feel like i feel like there's a very big difference between faith and church uh mm. and that is something that it's I personal think, to like every person individually yeah i think yes. struggling with that 
you, I'm Catholic in the sense that, yeah, I believe in God and all that stuff, but when the church speaks, I'm like, oh, shut up. Like, most yeah. of the time. And I find such comfort in church, and yet I don't always find such comfort in Catholics. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's because it's, it's, like, so, so rooted in, like, patriarchy and stuff yeah. like that. Less, It's, like, some people just use belief as, like, um, a cover-up for their own personal beliefs. And it's, yeah. like, they just use that yeah. faith as a means to justify it when it's really has no basis at all. Sadly, faith has been weaponized, and it has been yes. weaponized for a very long time. And it's and weaponized so, in the show. Yeah, and it's weaponized in the show, and that's why it's so interesting. I feel like I'm a pretty smart person. I'm pretty open and stuff, and yet I am still really faithful. So I think it's just a very personal experience, and then it's up to you to decide what you keep from it and what you get rid of, and how much you actually uh, follow. And like, do you take it as an allegory, or do you follow every single word? As a translator, let me get started, but Bible problems are huge mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of it is really interesting and i think it's kind of uh, dimitri's arc here how much do you keep and how much do you let go of and how do you reconcile what you believe in both in a faith way and in uh, your personal uh, values and what you want to fight for and it's a really interesting art but it is very complex i think we do see a sort of like an echo of that in robert who is clearly a very very faithful elementalist to a point where he's fine with his daughter later on uh, being basically tortured for it. Uh, so, which I think uh, Dimitri would, would not agree with. And um, and so, yeah, I think uh, Dimitri's path with faith is something a lot of people can relate to. Uh, a lot of us grew up like being Catholics and then, well, when you're LGBTQ+, it's difficult. When you're pretty much anything that is not a white cis man, it's difficult. Uh, yeah, so, um, love that for us. Yeah, there's a lot to do with that and with mental health and stuff. So I really love that. Um, But I think, like, I love all the reactions in the church, and I think it's really interesting. Obviously, I love uh, the the little mummy. I can't not mention it. The little mummy I look, which I think is so cute and great. But also, Rian's face, she has the best facial facial acting. She will do absolutely just, like, I, I... I just think it's so on point. She doesn't need to do very much uh, for it to show and the way Mia immediately avoids her gaze and you can see her face crumble. Um, but I have I to say... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. I just really love her eye rolls. They're so, like, funny. They're great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Chiana, who made me a Meredith slash Rian eye roll gift just for me uh, as a disappointed mother. And I use it about 12 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yes, it's great. I do have a real little connection thing that I want to mention. I think it's just me obsessing over Meredith and Rian. But uh, if it's not, I have noticed that a lot of the time she's lined up with Dimitri. And it's very, very uh, present in this episode. And the church, they're sitting on the same like row. And they're both on the aisles. So you can see them react at the same time. And they're aligned a lot of time. Later on, she dances. Um, when she dances, it's the same and stuff. Uh, I'll mention it then. Training, too. He's with. I think yeah, it's training, with training. She's, he's the one who corrects her. Uh, and I find that really interesting. And I hope it, uh, I hope it's not just because people are like, oh, we need bo- we need two main actors in the same shot. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope that it will become a thing because I do think that they, they have sim- similar 
similar vibes and similar energies and similar paths in the Dempier world where they want to succeed and they want to be the best and they want to be good but also they are trying to separate themselves from what's expected of them and they want to do things a new way. Um, I could really see like a, a really interesting um, pairing there and a really interesting dynamic. Um, so I hope we get more of that. And I thought it was something interesting with the church. We stay in the church with this is Theo's time to shine. <laughs> with Drago Zera, um, little talk and like Christian is like kiss me and she's like wait hang on Rose. <laughs> hey 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 you're skipping over so much here. I have like half a page. Go for it and then we'll comment. <laughs> oh no no never mind it's like nothing. <laughs> Just me crying over how cute they are like come on guys. Wait can we just. Once again, I'm bullying Christian. No, I want to so bully you first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I was just going to say, like, I have a note. And it's like, nobody, Christian. It's talking about my trauma, the perfect timing to make a move. Okay. <laughs> I just want to talk about, like, I was just talking about how he has no friends. I'm so sorry. He's just alone in the church or whatever it was. Like, he's just alone all the time. And I'm like, make some friends, please. My guy, no. he's an outcast. What friends is he going to make? Another orphan, that too. Anyways. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I was going to say Dragazira in the church is giving very book one vibes. So. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is. Um, also, just him talking about how like they're like brushing over the tragedy to like go directly into like the sacred duty of it all instead of just like actually focusing on like the lives lost. It's like, okay guys, this happened and so now you know exactly what to do so it doesn't. They're basically, they're basically like, she, I don't think she makes like a that much of a in memoriam or anything like it's just yeah because the queen is standing right there and she's like you know what to say say it go <laughs> tell, them, tell them what they need to do yeah but, but I... go for it go for it lena no no it's fine i was going to go on to the next point of the outline so you can go oh uh, okay so i just wanted to talk about and i know i'm skipping over the bond like the conversation where they're talking about the bond and he's like oh what like she's like yeah you kissed rose and he's like okay he's just like okay but i also really like just mia appearing out of nowhere so creepy yes and yes wait they're talking no no she goes yeah rose you kissed rose and, and mia's like who kissed this christian like she's not even thinking about the rest of the sentence like i'm like you heard the rest of that right no i can hear i can show up i heard no i heard footsteps. Too into mia i was listening. you hear the oh. footsteps yeah, yeah. okay you sorry the footsteps. go on payton before we get too into mia can we just talk about how they just had this like entire church service to talk about all the sacrifices of the guardians all the down peers and all the students that died mm -hmm. and the sacred duty and christian is still trying to kiss lissa in this <laughs> church okay no i had this note and i'm like i'm just gonna say he tried to kiss her to deflect from his emotional turmoil and move on like He's just like, deflecting, he's, okay? He's talking about their sacred duty and all the people that died and his dead, dead roommate, his dead, jealous roommate. And he's like, now would be a good time. Mwah. No, literally, he goes from, it's kind of sad how they're brushing over all these deaths. And then he's like, I can't stop thinking about you, by the way. Like, <laughs> like okay. He's so unserious. He's so unserious. I have, so, okay, I have written down, they're so unserious, like, multiple times for them. Like, and it's, I, okay, it's mostly Christian, though, so I don't know why we can't bully Lissa. It's just him. I also kind of love that, like, he's being told about Rose seeing them kiss, and he's he's fine with it. <laughs> he's like, he's like, okay, yeah, okay. He's like, I'm into I, that. I, I was gonna say, he, we know he's into that. Like, he's along with the ride. You know, he's like, anything for you, Lissa. Like, I'll do it. 
<laughs> yeah, he'll take. He's taking notes for the future. It's okay. But uh, back to Mia. I don't like. We hear her footsteps, but it's so funny the way she creeps and how she's immediately onto Lisa. Like, My daughter's no. not gonna like <laughs> this. <laughs> That's so Draco, Draco yeah. Malfoy of her. Like, I like how she's not even like standing them. over them. I like how she just like slides into the pew behind them and is like kissing. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> She's so offended. So she's like, she's like sitting oh, there yeah. listening to them. Guys, she's already guys. Even, like hovering. It's it's the is is there one person you forgot to ask me and it's just Mia <laughs> behind the dragon's here. She's she's just like she's so offended. Like she doesn't care about any of it. She's just like, Lisa, can you please stop being dumb over here? Yeah. Like if this were me, I would be acing it and you're being an absolute idiot no. and I'm tired of cleaning. And her up her head tilt is so funny. Like her line delivery is so funny in this it's scene. It's so perfect. But also I love how I love how like Christian is just sitting there, you know. Yeah. She's just sitting there, and he's has to hear this, and he's like, "It's very Mel life of him to let Lisa take care of it." Just saying. Yeah, yeah, is. take care of it. But she does great with the compulsion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a question. How did Christian realize it was compulsion so fast? Like, sir. Okay. Because, because, because Mia would not listen to anyone. But I don't. Yeah. I see. That's just. That, I don't. That's not good enough for me. I'm like rule of three. Rule. Rule of three. Not the first time. No, like she. I. She went from being completely, I'm gonna tell my dad, like, there's no way I'm gonna shut up about this. See, I get it, I get it story between us. I get it story wise, but not like she she also kind of got like a faraway look, like, as if like she wasn't herself, like, completely in control Mm. of herself or what she was saying. So, I know, yeah, I guess there's only there's only so much you can do in 40 minutes, but like, I have a theory though that like, like, Lissa's. Lissa's compulsion is like so powerful that you can kind of feel the after effects or something. Okay, okay. So okay. like he he's probably like probably he's like also like wait that's why did I feel that you know what I mean? Yeah, like, he's like, am I turned on or is this magic? <laughs> <laughs> Unicorns are magic. Both. But I like Both. how they represented it though. Like I like how they. I think it's it's difficult to show spirit, and I think they did a good job of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I like the little gold little. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of dumb when I first watched this because I thought everybody could see the gold thing, which is why I thought Christian was so suspicious. I was like, Christian, you saw it too, right? (laughs) There's no way he saw that. I was like, I would have so many questions if they, if like he did see it. But like at the first time watching, I was like, wow, I can't believe Christian. Like you can see the compulsion. I'm like, that would be the purpose. It would be the purpose of compulsion if you can see it happening. Exactly, Brand. Exactly. Imagine everybody hears the whooshing and the twinkling, like that comes with spirit. They're like, "What the fuck was they that?" Hear, they hear like heart music coming in. They're like, "What's up? What is going on with you right now?" Oh my God. Yeah, but it's very good, and I like that. You know, my absolute love for Mia and for Mia and Lisa and Mia and Christian. So I'm liking our little orphan team all together. Just oh my god. Being- <laughs> Guys, wait, I just realized three of my favorite characters are orphans. What does this say yeah. about me? Who said wow. Mia's an orphan? <gasps> oh my god. Her she was adopted. Rose yeah, has an absentee dad. <laughs> Guys, all the pieces are clicking into place for me. She has an absentee dad and mom, except in no, this episode. Yeah. Okay, technically her, she still talks to her mom, but she's never met her dad before. So I'm like, okay, queen. Talking about you. her mom. Uh, we get into the what do you want of a library scene, and oh, then tattoo. immediately Janine walking in with her tattoos. I suppose then you figured it was her, since you hadn't before. Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm just. Both see, don't ask me questions. I just vibe with what the show tells me. So I'm like, yeah, cool. 
she's here. Well, I I knew it was like when she starts walking in and the like tattoos. I'm like, here comes Janine. Like I knew who it was immediately, <laughs> but I didn't like. I don't. I don't even remember seeing her in the fight scene. Like I was just looking around. So it wasn't like, oh, there's that bitch from the fight scene. That must be Janine. It was there's Janine. That's so funny. Yeah. Also, this is so random. I just have a random note that like that little exchange between Rose and uh, Meredith and Mason is so cute. Like it, it just perfectly captures their dynamic. I just yeah. love them. It's great energy, and I love. Um, as Meredith person. <laughs> oh wait, I wait one more, th- one more yeah. thing. I like the tiny detail that Rose is the first one to start to sit down after her mom gives her little speech. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's also the last to stand up. Exactly. Yeah, she she kind of yeah. like like tilts her head and she like slaps her little hand over the salute <laughs> exactly. and like like so looks at her mom like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, why are you here?" And then she sits down. Like, and not to sound like a teacher, like, but legend. like, not to sound like a teacher, but good show. Don't tell. Like that yeah. was. I was like, that's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was really good. But also, like, I like that this obviously this whole scene, like, the, um, they're talking about not relying on what you think you know mm-hmm. which i think is a big theme for them uh they tend to just rely on what they think they know and there's a lot of uh controversies rising because everything they believed in is kind of being upended and they're having to change their faith and that's uh, that's you know it's the same that's what we're talking about with dimitri but in different ways and in different layers um, so I really love that that comes back, and I, as a Meredith person, obviously, I love how clear it is that she thinks for herself, and I think that really, that really like connects to what she says, where she wants to fight with words. So as a result, she's always thinking out of the box. I think she's a bit of a Marjorie Tyrell in the sense that she's always the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I do, I do love that they show that a lot, and she's kind. She's kind of hesitant in the way she says yeah. it, but at the same time, she she knows she's right. Yeah, I was gonna um, say Reese's delivery is so cute. Like you can see how like she's like nervous but excited to say what she has to say, and it's like. And I okay. just think I think it's so impressive though that she didn't back down from Janine. Yeah, Janine, like, uh-huh. very. <clears throat> yeah, because she was like, "Are you sure?" And I would I would have been like, "No." No, I'm Maybe not. I'm wrong. Actually, <laughs> probably wrong. Now. No, Meredith is better than me because if somebody are you sure about that? I'm like. Maybe no. not. <laughs> I'd be like, am I sure about that? <laughs> I think it's so funny that everybody but Rose is scrambling for Rose's mom's like kudos and validation and approval. He's so cute about it too. Like he's like he's such a like a a fanboy. Like a it's fanboy. So yeah, I right. know, but also Mason being a fanboy of Meredith as well. At the end mm-hmm. when she's being praised, he has like this little smile and he looks at her like that's my girl. He just um, loves <laughs> strong women. He's like, Yeah, those yeah. are my girls. Yeah. But that's also- his type. Exactly. <laughs> it is. Poor but guy. It's kind of interesting how um, Janine is so praiseful of Meredith in a way she never is with Rose. Yes. Like, yeah. Meredith just, uh, she makes a really, obviously she makes it's a really good It's because Meredith isn't on the defense, like, when it comes yeah, to her. So she like, doesn't Meredith have that compulsion to be to hard. Learn. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I think Janine is, like, she's, like, trying to get Rose, okay, I don't know about, I don't know how to say this right, but I think to her, like, Okay, she's impressed with Meredith because she doesn't know Meredith's potential. Exactly. But with Rose, she knows like what she's capable of, and so it's a lot of like tough love and a lot of like you could do better. Why aren't you doing better? Yeah. And then Rose yeah. is like, why are you yelling at me? You're never like it's a whole like push and pull. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I just I want to say 
like when I first watched the show, like I thought their dynamic was interesting, but then after reading the books, I'm just kind of obsessed with like the mother daughter so dynamic because it's so fascinating because I don't hate Janine at all. And I think like, sh I think everything she's saying is so right, even if she's a little harsh on Rose, but everything Rose is saying is right too even if sometimes she's a little like okay sometimes it's their interactions stress me out as someone with a harsh mom because i'm like i would never talk like that to her i'd be so terrified but the scene Rose where she calls janine she's like she calls her janine and i was like yeah why did you call her janine i'm like shocked because my mom like my mom i'm like i would never say her first name to her and she was like are you even my like you're not my mom and i'll be like i'm out i'm tapping their out scenes stress me out yeah. so much but i love it because it's so fascinating I also think that at this point in the story, she doesn't think of Janine as a mom. Mm -hmm. Like it's, and Janine doesn't know how to be a mom. Uh, mm -hmm. And if I were in Rose's spot, I would probably be like, "Yeah, that's my bio mother, but she's never done anything for exactly. me." Exactly, I would be pissed off at her too. It's it's and very also, complex between. But like as, outs as outsiders, we can see Janine's point. Yeah, and I just think it's so interesting though because I think that's the only mother figure that not like mother figure like the only mom we have in the show. Like Alberta obviously is kind of like a mother figure, mentor figure, but she's Janine's like the only mom we see, right? Yeah, and it'll be yeah. interesting when we get um, Olena Berikova um, because uh, I yeah. think there's a lot of a lot of growth for Rose in this, and like the I think an issue that often comes up with Janine and Rose and with people in general in Rose is that what people want for you and what they think is the best for you is not necessarily what you need or what you think is the best. And sometimes they're right and sometimes you're right. And there's always a lot of push and pull in this. And it's always harder when it's your mother because you want them to be proud of you, but you have, I think, a genetic instinct of going against them. Oh, yeah, I want to say I wanted to say one thing before you, but you can say it first. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. yeah. Um, I this might not be true at all, but I think also like this intense pushback against Janine could also be part of Rose's grieving process because up until a couple months ago, she did have a mother figure. Mm -hmm, like exactly. she had Lissa's mom that was always there for her and like took care of her and was like a loving mom. So Rose has this example of what a mother could be and what she could have had, and then it's taken away from her, and she is, like, presented for the first time in years of, like, this is the only mother figure, like, left, and she's not at all what Rose has had for the last, what, like, 15-some years? Yeah. So it's, like, she knows what she could have had, and she knows what Rose knows what a mother could be. But Janine doesn't, because presumably Janine had the same kind of mom that she is. Mm -hmm. So Janine doesn't know how to be a mom, but I think it's really painful to watch her try. Yeah, like, no, it's kind of like poignant because like she's doing what she knows how and she's trying to protect Rose and do the best by Rose in the only way that she knows how. But because Rose has had a nurturing mother figure, that's not at all what she expects from a mother where the other dompiers kind of like we don't see that same like antagonistic feelings towards their parents that rose had but they never had her the mom family is like the did. top 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 
Yeah, ah. there is a competition, but is, uh, I have to live up to her, but also I don't necessarily want people to know I'm not her. You can be really quickly put into a box based on your parents or your older siblings. And I think in the case of Janine and Rose, there is a lot about love language. Uh, like, that, that gets into it, like, Janine shows her love uh, by being harsh, by pushing, by challenging, by, like, trying her hardest to prepare Rose because she wants Rose to succeed and she sees all the potential, whereas Rose would, like, comfort and to be told, like, to, to get praise and to just uh, be told she's, you know, she's loved and she's deserving. Rose um, just wants a mother. <laughs> you know, it is... It is pretty sad when you when you think about it. Yeah. Um, but oh, wait. Sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I had down that, like, I feel like this relationship right here is, like, the biggest example of, like, duty over everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's just such a strong example of that and how, like, duty is a form of protection, but also it yeah. can be, like, a hindrance, too. So. But also, like, right after... Moving on a bit, um, she rants about her mom to Lisa, and mm-hmm. haven't we like when I listened to the rant, I felt like it was me when I was fifteen. I was like, I can so relate to all. It God knows I love my mother, but like I can so relate to a lot of this. Like it's 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 really it's just a really normal thing to experience, except for her, it's exacerbated tenfold. But then Lisa is like. <laughs> Too bad about your mom. Let's talk about spirit, Rose. Okay, and Lissa's and Lissa's defense. She is baby. <laughs> this is the fair. closest. This is the closest to book Lissa. Team yes. Lissa has ever gotten. It is. Yeah. Uh, but also, book Lissa would one hundred percent be like, "Fuck your mom. I have issues." Like, okay, let's talk about but me. and Lissa's defense. Okay. She's an induced love, and it's all she can think about. No, okay, I was gonna say she just she just mentioned she doesn't want Rose passing out during practice. So I think maybe a part yeah. of her is like, yeah, this is I'm trying to do yes. this for you, Rose. Let's get you out of my head so we can both go on with our lives. I'm trying. I'm defending my yeah. client here. She wants them to both live their best lives. So in defense of show, Lisa, let's just say that in the books, Lisa was only worried about Christian. At least in the books, in the show, she's always all worrying about the bond and about Rose. Yeah, exactly. She- Exactly. Point for show, Lisa. So, like in her mind, in her mind, she's trying. She's she's trying to be helpful. Okay, leave her alone. She's never done anything wrong in her life. Yes. But I think I like that. uh, uh, With the I think for Lisa, there's a bit of a cacophony of feelings going on, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I love that. Like she's just she's worried about Rose, but she's worried about the bond. But also, she's very much falling in love, and that's what's taking the. I know we only just met. Like, girl, like, come on. Like, and when Rose describes it as a little gooey, first of all, Sissy's delivery is amazing, but also, like, understatement of the fucking year. Like, they are the cheesiest people. I love how you focus on gooey, and then I focus on centered, because that's how emo I am. I'm like, centered? <laughs> Rose, why would you say that to me? Why would you say that Lissa feels that way? <laughs> so. See, I thought gooey was funny because, okay. Uh-huh. I was in therapy yesterday. I was talking to my therapist, and I was talking about like the love fest on Twitter, okay. like over the podcast, because you know we're filming this the day after we launched. So yesterday, we're, now. I was, we're official. Yesterday, I was feeling very overwhelmed with all the support and everything, and I was trying to like tell her about it, and I was getting like embarrassed, like talking about the gooey feelings i was like it's just all mushy and i just and so like rose who isn't 
the super lovey-dovey type. Like, I relate to her so heavy when she called it gooey. Because I'm like, that's exactly what I call those, like, yeah. warm feelings. I'm like, yeah. it's, like, mushy. It's like, wah. Yeah. Because her dynamic, her dynamic with Dimitri is nothing like the yeah, gooey no. dynamic with, you know, like, Dragozera. Yeah. So... I relate to her so heavy. It's much more fiery. I I really, I I know that like um, I'm considered a mom, and so I'm I'm soft and I'm sweet and I'm gooey and I'm always telling you guys I love you and making you uncomfortable. Uh, but <laughs> in romantic life, I'm not like that at all. And so like I get such secondhand embarrassment from the PDA and from all the and I'm here like I can't do this. Right, right. But it's, they're very, very cute, don't get me wrong. It's just, like, slightly uncomfortable. This show has a ship for everyone. Like, there's, yeah, like, there's yeah. all, there's, like, the mentor, mentee to lovers that's, like, you know, a little more hot and cold. Like, the chase, like, you got that. You have, like, the mushy-gushy insta-love with Dragozera. You've got... The gays. The gays. The gays. And kind of, like... Opola opposites coming together. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. big turn out to be. You've got the opposites attract with the gays. Wait, I wanted oh. I wanted to self share a little bit if everyone else was doing it. Sure, go for go it. Ahead. Okay. Go ahead. And in life, I'm super like jaded and closed off because I'm sexy like that. But um, I do I do love myself a really mooey gooey gushy ship because I just think it's precious and also um I love it when they're in pain because they're so precious and it's like why are you crying you're so cute so you know who I really yeah. love guys uh-huh. Sonia and Sonia oh, wait if you're, so if, we're mov- if we're moving topics if we're moving we're topics. not moving topics okay. I just wanted to say that okay guys, we're not moving- wait because I had a funny joke. I'm not moving oh, topics. No. I just wanted to point that out. You guys okay, yeah. just wanted to point out that her type of couple is so nail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys were like Dimitri and Sarah and like the the Mermia, and then you guys skipped over them. And I was like, I have to bring them up. It hurts to hurt my heart. Talk in about our defense, them. one half of that ship is dead, and the other is a Strigoi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but right now they're alive. alive. <laughs> they're alive right now when we we're watching. Are they episode three? What was your yeah. be in my heart. Oh, Speaking of cursed ships, I think at a later episode when we do season two predictions, we need to discuss the possibility of Stragandre and Stragonia. Yeah, power <laughs> couple right there. Yes. Listen, Andre and Sonia icons. Don't what was your you know, I can get behind you know? that. Oh, I was just gonna say when Lissa said that she'll be discreet, I'm like, sure, you probably took lessons from the discreet discreet tree school <laughs> of hiding your romantic feelings from the public. Like not great. You were talking about kissing out. in front of Mia. Like in, in the same in the same sentence, they say non starter once again and then I'll yeah. be discreet and I'm like, nope. Okay, it's really funny though, you pointed out how much they use it and now I cannot unhear it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Time, I'm like, it oh my god, they use it again. Yeah. Every time they it's say chaos. non-starter, I think of Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Me too. Oh my god. Oh, no, I, got, no, I have it stuck in my head. Not the Hamilton mm-hmm. flashbacks. We talked uh, we talked a bit about it earlier, but then we get uh I think a really interesting juxtaposition of scenes that starts with Jesse and Silver. And I like that like we've been talking about um the sex work and the duty and all that and silver is kind of the opposite of that she is sex is for pleasure and sex is for fun and in her case it's her job but she has so much agency uh in it uh that i, I really love 
that it's like she she definitely has so much power like she's not she's not submissive um to jesse in any way um so so i love that we get to see that also she's so fucking pretty yeah <laughs> i just wanted to talk about how okay. when i was watching that the first time i thought i would completely dismiss her and i'll never do that again like you're so cool, same, Silver. Same, same same i loved her from the get-go i was like this woman looks amazing well, she's bound to be badass yeah well i liked her when she comes back and she says my name is um my name is silver, by, silver the way. by the way that's, yeah. when, that's how i was like okay why do we need her name before that, I was like, oh, this is random. Jesse, exactly. Hey, Jesse, yeah, moving on. Like, that was literally it. I was like, wait, you suck. Yeah. Guys, if we're talking about pretty people, I have to mention every time I call someone hot in my notes. And um, Alyssa looks so pretty in her she little does. school uniform. I love it. So okay, back back to back to Silver and Jesse. Also, Silver and Jesse, I kind of figured she would be important. First of all, because I, that, like, just the actress, I feel, I felt how to have the vibe uh i love louisa she's wonderful and she's definitely one of us but also i loved the voiceover and it's what made me think it would become important when they're talking about satan uh there's this whole voiceover about surrendering to satan as we see jesse um and uh and silver together and it kind of felt like this like they were trying to say by blood holes and by extension sex that is not for reproduction uh was kind of evil and satanic and i thought that was such a good like such a good point and then it's not something you realize the first time you watch it but when you get back to ep 10 where she's like you know it's n- it, this is not meant to wipe your mouth with a hanky and they're oppressed and you should enjoy it i feel like it's a it's a really nice um like a circle of of uh of discussion about this and i love that she represents this more free and wild and just empowered women who uh, like sex for sex and in her case it's one of her main jobs um but uh yeah i just uh, think it's a really interesting discourse that they have but they have that and as they are doing um this the surrendering about satan kind of speech we start seeing everything that's highlighted about the disparity not only between dempiers and morois but even between dempier males and dempier females as they, the women are expected to be the ones to reproduce, the men aren't being sent to have sex with um, with women boys. They're just expected to be guardians. And so we have a not only a class disparity, but a really big uh, gender disparity. Um, so before I thought we, that was interesting. Yeah, before we go to the Eloise and Dimitri thing, I. I love how you picked up on all of that, and all I picked up was the lighting was really nice when he walks into the house. <laughs> when Jesse walks into the house, the lighting was so nice. That's what I it picked up nice. on. I was like, it's so pretty. And are, we I was on, like, okay. are we on Dimitri's scene? We are yeah. about to get, If anybody has anything to say more about Jesse and Silva, otherwise we can get on to Dimitri and Louise. Are we good? Okay. Yeah, okay. we're good. No more Jesse. No more Jesse. Yeah. Get that hey, out of my Jesse. face. I was going to say, um, first of all, Dimitri looks so hot when he is like being all domestic with like a little baby, like king. Anyways, I know, but I was gonna say Dimitri is such a big softy. I need this man out of that system and into a kitchen, like, (laughs) like he just would thrive being like a family man without like having to worry about duty to like the Dominion. Like that's I just that's what I want for him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's a very sweet scene. We get to see a side of him, the soft Um, side of him. Yeah. And Rose is yeah. like, I see you over there. Who did you guys think Eloise was? Um, no thoughts, head empty. I was like, um, the show will, I was like, the show will tell me I later. I thought it was his sister. Does he have a sister? 
Yeah, he, he has, has multiple three. sisters. I thought it was I his sister. And I thought it was one of his sisters, but they changed like, the name yeah. of for some reason. Yeah, I thought it was Kara. Like the older sister, but like, oh my god, they're Dimitri's family, and then it was just like his friend's mm. wife, yeah, his which makes it more brother. tragic too when we yeah, get to the backstory. They're bounded by grief, mm-hmm. um, so, so he's bonding, like, you know, I love to see yeah. it, yeah. And I think he just feels like he has to protect her. What were you gonna say, Pete? Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing. Okay. Sorry, Junebug. I thought you were going to say something. No, I don't know. I just I saw this woman and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> Victoria or somebody, like one of his sisters. Yeah, and then... I thought it was. I thought it was Carolina. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I do like that we see Mason just like outside. They're both outside the library with Rose, and Rose is like focused on like. Rose was just like, who's this woman that's talking to my man? <laughs> yeah, and Mason's trying to make innuendos, but she's yes. like, oh, shut up! I gotta. Stare down this girl. Hold on, Dimitri is holding a baby. One second. I have thoughts, okay? And then see during this, I need to try and figure out what the fuck is happening. I love how when she's like, "We'll we'll get there later. We'll get there." With the, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But, we'll get um, but then, and I need to shout out our creative editor Val, um, creative director Val. We get Eddie. Uh, finally, God, he's so funny. Yeah. So I do have. I do have. Eddie is baby. Yeah, Eddie is. is baby. He's so <laughs> I you whipped out your notebook for that. You're like, like oh, I have a note. You know what's so interesting? Eddie is baby. I, I forgot he was in this episode. And so me then too. you should see me, me being like, oh my god, wait, he's in this episode? And then I'm like, wait, he's actually like, it's just to me, the only scenes he's in in my head are just the like scenes where they're like, benchmarks? Like, the benchmarks, yeah. No, wait, no, is it the benchmarks? Bad. When Strugoi, when the Strugoi, no, no, it's when Mi- the episode where Mikhail dies. That's yeah, what the benchmarks. That's the benchmarks. It's part of the benchmark. It's F five, but they're still doing the benchmark. I forgot that. He's the Maroi. He's the Maroi. That was over that my head, guys. Yeah. I didn't even put two and two like, together. But it's like no. the last tests of the benchmarks to get uh, oh. in the tool. So you're telling me the fight with Dimitri in the church. And then Mikhail also died. Are all in the same episode? No, 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 yeah. no. No, those are two it's different. Just, it's just benchmarks is an episode, g- and it's also the name of their exams. And it's uh, episode five is still part of their exams. It's just not part of the episode called benchmarks. Exactly. That's what that I'm confused by, guys. I don't even remember what, what that episode was called. See, I thought we were talking about um, when I said yes to the Dimitri in the church scene. I thought we were talking about like. Like Rose and Dimitri fighting in that abandoned church against Mikhail. No, I was thinking no. of bloody Dimitri. See, I don't Dimitri. call that. I don't call that. I don't call that the church fight scene. That's what do you the call blood that? Scene. Hey, you guys, you the do blood scene. That I have That's a bad the memory. Blood scene. Okay, the blood scene. The blood scene. That's the straight scene. Oh right, right, right. Oh, Eddie yeah. is so adorable. In this scene, I have he's to say, so funny. Yeah. He's no, like, he's like, he's, my turn. No, I was gonna say, he's like, Rose, I'm nice, and he's like, okay, it's actually too early. He's for such this, a baby for the group, like he's he giving is the baby. baby of the group, and I mm-hmm. love that they did that. It does reassure me that if we don't get Mason and AD and we do get Jill, maybe the age gap will be less weird. Uh, so I love that they made him younger. I also love like the Alberta, Dimitri, Janine power team vulturing around the kids, and once again, male Dimitri connection as the corrector. Uh, I just love that. Yeah, I have another note about someone being hot in the show, and I said, um, Janine is so hot with that jacket off of one shoulder, like that crop God, jacket. Yeah, let's like, talk about that. Let's like, okay, Janine. no, she so cool. okay. Let's she talk so about hot. that hourglass figure. Where's our <laughs> thinner? 
No, so, yeah. but I really like how Janine. Okay, I was like writing this down, and I was like, for plot reasons, it makes sense. But why would you have Janine train Rose? Like that's just a no, recipe for the <laughs> disaster. Like they were like Dimitri Meredith. Okay, Alberta. Mason, I don't remember who Alberta had. She was just walking around, and I was like, Janine and Rose. I like, they did that on purpose. They're like, we want to see some drama. It's getting yeah. a little boring they at the like, school. Janine and Rose. It sounds like a perfect combination. And my, like, mm-hmm. my note for that is that if it would have been anybody except Janine, Rose would have listened. That's Rose what I wrote. Yeah. yeah. Rose would have taken. Just said it, she'd be like, yes. I'll do it. No, like, if, be like, if Dimitri was like, move your front foot back half a centimeter, she'd be like, done. I moved. I, like, I did it. <laughs> perfect. Anything for you, King? But the way she says, come at me, I just want to punch her. Like, oh the cookiness. Janina's the- too much yes. here. Janina's too much here. She's too much. Yeah, yeah that she punch was too much. Like, like, sir, the punch was too iconic. much. The punch was too much. But I really love how she was literally she like, can I can take next. you down and... No, <laughs> calm down. But, she was like, I could take you down in two seconds, and she did. And I was like, you know, this is why she's the best. The punch. Yeah. But if if but my like, mom sucked me in the face, I'd be pissed too. But it had was, to happen like, for the ice you. pack scene. It had to happen for the that ice scene pack scene. Changed me it had for that scene changed who I am as a person. Yeah. It did, it did, but still. Did it, did it so- guys? He's so touch starved. When she gets soccer punched, and you see the M&M's and Eddie's reaction. Like, M&M's. And they're all just crumpling and hiding their, their yeah, face. Like, and, like, Mary's like, oh. God. It's also so embarrassing. How, I was going to say, how embarrassing like, for her. No, but you can see everybody hyping up Janine, and then they're like, oh, this is this is how she treats her daughter. And I've been like, that's weird. But also, I like Janine. But Me also, too. I don't condone the punch. I'm, like, on a line here, guys. You know? But before we um, get to the ice bag, we do have our little Sonial nerds. That's uh, right, we do. And we, yeah. we have Mia being a brat. Yeah, but Sonial, it's tragic because they are trying to prevent their own future demise. And <laughs> yeah. Victor is kind of listening, but not really. But Mia makes a really good point. Like, nobody's going to listen to them. No, but why is she so mean about it? She's like the bird lady. Yeah, I was going to say Mia has a point, but she just doesn't sugarcoat her words. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't listen if she was like, nobody's going to listen because they always the royals. And I'd be like, period. Yeah, you're right. But for her to be like, the bird lady, she's going to talk. How Rose Hathaway of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so, I was like, they're so, like, it's so, it reminds me of Meredith being like, what are you doing at the library? Like, they're both so mean. Like, in I'm a like, good way. That's why they're not going to match. And that's that on Soulmates. They're meant to be. Yeah, they are meant um, to be. We should then, be together. But I do like that Victor did listen, though. Yeah, he, he like, did. He's, he's like, trying. Okay. Daddy Dashkoff mm-hmm. tries, okay? Sometimes, you know, yeah, he, he tries more than other people. Exactly. Yeah, he he's all we have. We have to settle for it. But Mia is right. But nobody will really listen to him. Uh, but then we have the console. <gasps> Are we skipping uh, over the ice pack? Oh, sorry, I forgot. Yes, excuse my, me. My, my eyes lost track. My eyes lost track. I'm sorry. Lena, let's skip over it. Lena, let's go. Let's go. No. For shame. Talk, For we shame. Talk about the but my eyes skipped over it. Um, he did not need to brush her face like this. No, he he did. He he did exactly he what he so needed to do. He is so touch starved. Yeah. If a man <laughs> grabbed me by the back of my skull and put an ice pack to my face, I would die yeah. right then and there. Just cease. <laughs> 
I love the way I Rose. Know. I love the way Rose just Ooh. snatched that ice pack. She's like, sir. Yeah. What I like things. though is genuinely he doesn't have to. He does not need to do half the things he did. Like um, he did not that hand on the knee. Excuse me, sir. No, he didn't need it. I Jenny would have whimpered. Jenny didn't see like... them. Like she's right yeah. there. <laughs> Always she doing sir, right she, in front of Janine's salad. Janine, right in front of Janine's salad. Like, Rose, let's go. She's like, Rose, yeah. what is this? What is and then later, here? she's like, why don't you ask your friend Dimitri? <laughs> oh my god. She's like, I saw that thigh grab. She's like, you two are sus right now. I know. She, like, like Alberta, like, like side-eyeing Alberta, like, what, do you know what's hap- what is happening with these two? I, uh, I don't miss the age gap. I don't miss the age gap, and I don't miss the illegality of it, but I just, I think it would be so funny for this scene if Janine saw, like, <laughs> like, uh-huh. okay, it uh-huh. happens in the books, so it could happen in the book universe, but just, like, imagine, like, the seven-year age gap, Dimitri's a literal teacher, Rose is a child. Officer! <laughs> Officer over happens. here! This scene happens. I just, I'm trying to imagine how Janine would react then. Badly. She would. Oh my god. <laughs> Heads head would roll. Heads would roll. Also, I think it's so funny in the books how nobody knew except for Victor about Rose and Dimitri, but in the show, everybody knows. No, but I, I feel, feel like, like in the books they know. Alberta knows. In Alberta knows for sure. Christian okay, but like, Lissa had no idea. Lissa is just she... baby. She's self-involved. Adrian did as well. No, Adrian like, did, yeah. But Adrian also had the advantage of being able to see auras, so he yeah, kind of so that, that from also there as well. But like but Alberta, for sure knew. I'm pretty sure some of the other teachers as well knew. I think Stan knew. Stan knew for sure. I need to reread the books because I'm just remembering. Maybe it's because Alyssa didn't know, and to me, like a best friend should know. Like the way that Alyssa didn't know until the end of book three, I'm like, you, baby. I'm pretty even. I'm pretty even. Mason knew in the books, like yeah, he, he knew, knew yeah. like no, maybe not one hundred percent, but he so. had. I think that no, Peyton. I think I get what you're saying because I think that Victor was the either the first one or he was the most vocal about it. Like he was like the I first one was Natalie in the book. Yeah, Natalie is the one who noticed because she's the one. Rest who in power. Victor. I miss her. Mm. We have Mia power. and Sonia, so I know, but you know, Natalie I... in the movie was so camp. Like I love her so much. Yeah, but so camp I... counter, camp <laughs> counter. Uh, I think we have five already. In uh, in book three, there's a gorgeous scene, which I hope one day we get a scene like this, where Alberta apologizes to Rose and tells her, "I'm so sorry for everything that happened." And in that moment, Rose understands Alberta knew, and that and that she gets it. And it's it's a gorgeous, it's it's the shortest thing, but it's a gorgeous, gorgeous scene. Alberta, uh, please just, be alive next season. We need you, Queen. She will be, but it's just so like it, it's so powerful because it's nothing and yet it's everything. Uh, so I just I just really love, really really love that. But uh, regarding. We were talking about the ice pack and the console and Janine. Regarding Janine, I also feel so hard for Rose. I would hate somebody telling me that she was right just after she punched me. Like, I would just be like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> if my mom sucker punched me in the face, I would call her by her name too. Yeah, me too. yeah. I wouldn't. I don't, I don't have the spine. 
And then, like, I'm already angry at Janine, and we go straight into the console with fucking Mary and Dane, and I just I get, hate I, Marie. I hate, so I hate her guts. I hate her. I hate her. <laughs> so much. Who do I hate? Actually, I'm a bigger Marie anti than Tatiana anti. Like, I'm a bigger Dane anti. anti Listen, Tatiana is an icon, and she dresses really nice. Thank and you. She, yeah, go off. Yeah, this is smart, okay? That's I just... So. I just expect Tatiana knows what she men. wants and she goes after it. Marie is just I, annoying. I expect, uh, yeah, I I expect old men to be pieces of shit. So, um, I like expected Dane to be awful, but like you know, like he has to be. But I, it is so triggering to me when women are yeah. because I am such I love women so much. So when women are awful. I'm like, how could you? We were rooting for you. It hurts me. <laughs> we're all rooting for you. I think it's. <laughs> no, I think it's so interesting because like there's, there's like a lot of women that do that because like they do side with the patriarchy because they have the privilege because you know Marie's like she's loyal she's a royal and she has like all the advantages so to her it's like well as long as I'm not the one you know doing all this it's all good. She doesn't so believe like, that she, that inequality exists. She's like, but I have everything. Well, She's like, I'm special. Yeah, I deserve it. But I always you know? say personally, I don't know if this is something you guys will um, will relate to. And this is as a cis woman. So this is probably going to sound harsh and potentially a little sad. But there's one thing that happens when like I meet a man, and the the, the thing is that if I meet a cis man, I'm immediately not trusting them. Like I just. I just go in expecting disappointment and not trusting them. It's just how it is. I, I, I don't have any expectations. Like, the bar is very, very low. And, you know, if uh, they prove me wrong and turns out they're great, well, that's wonderful. And if not, well, I was kind of expecting them to be a piece of garbage anyway. I'm, I'm sorry to men listening. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean or, or like, uh, or to have hate or nothing. But it's just one of those things where, like, you know, you've been bitten before and so now you're careful. Uh, so it's it's just they have to work to prove me they're trustworthy and they have to work to prove me that I, I can like um, trust them and like them and have them in my life whereas if I met a woman any woman I am immediately trusting them and I immediately like them and it's it's going to be the other way around they're going to have to prove to me they're not trustworthy and they will have to disappoint me for me to change my mind about them because I go in with a positive view of them. I go in with positive feelings. So it hurts so much more when they actually disappoint me or do something that I find bad or like it, it comes in as a, very much a betrayal, especially if it's something that I feel like hurt women in general, um, as per Mary's case um it's just it, it just sucks and it hurts uh, a lot lot more than when it's a cis man because my expectations are just not the same and that's probably very sad to say but it's a truth you know it's just a pool of trust i trust women and uh, i don't tend to trust cis men <laughs> so it's just it's just how it is but it, it does create an imbalance and it does make things way worse than when a woman disappoints me but, so when a, a woman disappoints me, I'm like, how dare you? Like, how dare sisterhood, how any, dare you? Any you woman, me? any woman of any orientation, any sexuality, yeah, yeah. any like, race, any whatever. When I meet a woman, I'm like, 
baby, I love you. I love you. And I feel so personally attacked whenever they're not. Wait, can I say something that's very interesting? Yes. I, okay, I am black, right? So to me, I don't trust, sorry to you guys. I love you guys. You guys are great. It's okay. But I don't, my thing is I don't trust cis men and I don't trust white women until they prove me otherwise. Because they're the ones that, Again, not nah, you guys. You guys are lovely. <laughs> it's fine, Dee. It's fine. You don't know that. I felt so bad. I was like, okay. No, no. but okay. So I think Use because it's so, yeah. So I think it's so interesting because like white women have the privilege of like being white. And so like they're like Marie, mm-hmm. for example, I'm so used to it. I'm like, yeah, I get that. So to me, I automatically didn't trust her. I don't trust, you know, yeah. like, there's, like I just, for me, it was because like, of my experience. So I, that's just, no, speak that's truth. my point. Yeah, that's just my point. Like, I like how you guys were like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, like, me is another layer. It's like another layer. Exactly. Right? Like, that's just our yeah. point of view. Like, that's and your, that just goes like, that, back into that's your reality. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah you guys, think, uh, again. That shows the privilege that we have that our pool of trust is bigger than yours. Yeah. Uh, if anything. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think, uh, to the contrary, it's an excellent point And it's very interesting. Also, I'm a I'm a big supporter of like everyone speak your truth and if someone is speaking their truth and you're offended you need to take a look at yourself. Look in the mirror. Like, yeah. Like if anyone was offended by what Bryn said, like maybe that's a you problem. And if anyone the mirror, was offended, yeah. stop listening and go home. <laughs> I think it's so go bad. And touch yeah. grass. We don't want you here. Yeah. It's honestly such a fair point, and I think uh, it's something. That also like brings up a, a lot of things within the show themselves about uh, disparity and pools of trust and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, it's it's really interesting. It's just sad, uh, but it makes sense that you wouldn't trust her and that we would want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like from the get go, from episode one, you're like. I It just wasn't like it wasn't like oh I didn't trust her. It wasn't that I don't trust her. It was like the fact that like. I just was like, eh, okay, like I just wasn't like. I'm You're not, like, like as to be expected. Yeah, like yeah. when she starts talking, I was like, oh yeah, that see that tracks. Yeah, <laughs> like that was just my. I was like, that makes sense. But yeah. actually, in that scene on a slightly different subject, um, I thought it was pretty cool that uh, they made it past part of the church customs, the whole thing about the walls, because it's not at all a thing in the books. Uh, so it was more one more thing. I think this episode does absolute leaps and bounds when it comes to building uh, customs and community and culture. And this is, was one of the smaller aspects, but I thought it was really, really interesting. And at the time, I didn't realize it would come back and haunt us, that it was the church and that it would lead to Christian being a married monk. Uh, but <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> you never stop bullying Christian on this platform. <laughs> Icon, he's so silly. But uh, but yeah, I think it's pretty good, and we have uh, Victor's little speech, which is pretty powerful. He has a really good delivery on that. Yeah, Peter. I'm I'm gonna say I've never said this before in my life. Oh no, I've never said it out loud. I'm okay, I'm ready. I have. I'm holding out hope for Tatiana because <gasps> no, has she I've, seen the light? You seen I the light? No, guys, I think she's a puppet. <laughs> I think she's not excuse me. Making Listen, 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 listen. I think I have full faith that she's an evil genius and she's making like all the plans to make it happen, but I don't think she's the one that put herself up to like get the throne and you know. So when she's like brain empty. 
I think she's pushed into kind of the end goal. Like, you know, I'll give her the evil mastermind. I, like, I will give it to her. Like, she schemed like a real one. But (laughs) I honestly don't think that she put herself up to it. And so I'm holding out hope. So that is why I don't hate her as much as I hate Marie. Because Marie's just hateful because she's hateful. I honestly think that there is a bigger thing behind Tatiana that is the reason that she is the way she is. They've given us too many Easter eggs, and I'm holding Mm -hmm. out hope that we'll have a Tatiana redemption arc. You know what I think? I think maybe you're right. Like, you know what I think? Like, back piggybacking off of your point. Like, so I think that, like, she thinks she's in control, but, like, she's not. Like, I think what you're saying is, like, kind of valid, because I think that, like, maybe, you know, based off your theory, like, maybe she, like, is kind she thinks that she's in on the plans. You know what I mean? So she's doing all these things based off whatever. And then she's like, I'm in control when really she's like just being manip like she's being manipulated, but she doesn't know it yet. Like when she's talking to who does she say it to? She's like, I don't know. Somebody points it out, like how they're a puppet, but like So in conclusion, it's so interesting. Tatiana is baby because it's not no. she's not the one in control. <laughs> She's, she's not baby. She's, she's not baby. Leave for two seconds to get a glass of water and I come back to Tatiana is baby. No, no, <laughs> guys, no, no, no. Guys, I'm just waiting to call Lissa a baby girl in this scene. So that's where my mind is at right now. So um, I also have like this theory. Kind of now it's not as good anymore. But when I first started watching and I started seeing like the little scenes with Tatiana being a little bit of uh, manipulative with mm-hmm. everyone. I was thinking she was gonna be like kind of like Victor's plotline of having like a good ideal for what their society should be like, but like the most terrible way of trying to execute it, like being super radical about executing it. And then you realize she was manipulating you the entire time. Yes, I, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking she was like playing the long game as like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna play the part of being an elementalist, I like being rooted in all the rules and like traditions and everything, but it's just a way to get more of the people behind me and then once I'm queen I'm gonna be like completely the opposite of what I was showing to be but no like it's not turning out to be that way mm-hmm. yeah. at least not yet I you know what I think is so interesting and also my audio is different sorry but I think it's so interesting that she was just sitting there when Lissa and Mia are just hanging out what is she doing yeah. oh I was like she lur- has she been lurking the entire time she might have I mean how does she not know absolutely everything otherwise I also was like thinking, why are all the vampires in the episode so creepy? Like Mia and Tatiana, like what are you guys doing? They're just biting. Did we already talk about the Psyhounds while I was uh, getting my water? No, we no. skipped over that. We're talking about Tatiana. Okay, but okay. we go back to the Psyhounds. But we we did skip over Alyssa being baby, but it's a fine. It's fine. <laughs> so Lisa, is, we skipped over a bunch of stuff. So Lisa, <laughs> that's baby. what we need you, mother. Yeah. That's why, like, I live two <laughs> seconds and everything has got to you. Tatiana is <laughs> So, yeah, Lisa is baby and I feel for her. Like, she's so confused. I'm just a new guy. Yeah. No, but I really like the Psyhounds, though, because I thought it was like a... Okay, watching it originally, I was like, yeah, of course Victor knows about the Psyhounds because it's his Psyhounds. You know what I mean? Because he's yeah. like... Mm-hmm. You know? And so, like, now rewatching, I'm like, it was like a misdirect. I was tricked. I was betrayed. You were bamboozled. Bamboozled. The beat that goes behind his speech when he talks about it is so good. I know. That's why I thought it was him. I was like, you're evil. Like, I knew it. You speak to Psyhounds, and I was like, I'm out to get you. Like, I was like, I know who you are. 
And I'm just sitting here yeah. like, yes, king. It was a good red herring. Uh, I, I really liked it. Yeah. And then, Lisa was funny though. She was funny. She was like, "What?" She was. <laughs> She's like, "I know I'm new here, but like, why would what? you say that?" That's why she needs me. Yeah. She <laughs> is so, so lost. So, like, it's yeah, only she... my third day out here. I don't know. It like, was so like, funny. She's so lost, and then she has the scene with Mia, where Mia yeah. again just unravels all this information <laughs> about the Death Watch and the mask. For a second time, Lissa is like, I, I'm new. I'm new. I just point one fun fact that I was like, I was just noticing is like how everybody in the council was so formal, and the way Lissa talks is like, "What's up, gang? Like, I'm just new." What's <laughs> <laughs> like, going on? She's what the world is scared of when it comes to Gen Z entering the political ring. Mm. Yeah, she, like Lissa is the representation of what. All of the old voters in America are terrified for yeah. when Gen oh Z God. comes into the political ring. She would be me. I'm just like, guys, I, I've only been here like an hour, but um, you guys are weird. She's like, I don't know. This policy sounds kind of mid. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it didn't pass my vibe check. She's like, council flop era. <laughs> uh, I love the little exchange she has with Mia. But just quickly, those masks, I hate them, and they make me think of Daphne in the Wings, Wings cartoon. Uh, if anybody watched that when they were a kid, I think you're too young. But if you did... Excuse me. Don't get cute Wings. Don't get cute Wings. Speaking of Wings, R.I.P. R.I.P., yes. <laughs> but, but, like, in the cartoon, Bloom has a sister named Daphne, and mm -hmm. she had the exact same mask. They look so uncomfortable. I'm sorry, but the masks are fugly. I'm so sorry. I agree. I agree. Like, why I would you cover Danny's face of. like that? I want to know what they're made of. Yeah. They can't be that heavy. It's heavy, though. Because, listen, the mask, I took so many pounds. And I was like, are you not a vampire? Why can't you hold it? But why they couldn't have... They couldn't She's have just have a weak little boy. Leave her alone. They couldn't have made them that heavy to wear. Because it would be uncomfortable. But they have to have some weight to them. Because they smushed Danny's face. I was going to say, like, do they just tie it really tight? They kind of look like Venetian masks, as far as... Yeah, it really tight. It was her fault, you know? Yeah. We just like that on the shower. But also, like, Mia has a lot of knowledge, and it shows, again, like, the power dynamic, where technically Lisa has more power, but she's nothing without Mia's information. And also, Lisa's privilege is just put on blast, and, like, just painted all over her face. Like, she has absolutely no idea that, that, like the non-royals can't partake and she's just like oh my god really like, yeah it's so sad i feel like that's probably her lesson in this episode is to realize that like this stuff can't is... exactly so that's like kind of her journey this episode is to realize no, that like... i think i think though i'm so sorry to hate on lissa i love lissa no as a person as a Stop character talking right now the actor like everything i love but i just was like you've lived in this world for how long and you never realized where's mia like that wasn't the thought that crossed your mind. Like, she was like, where are the non-royals? Like, this whole time, it was just royals? And then I'm like, Rose is your best friend. How did you not realize this was happening? Anyway. Because she's just a baby. Maybe she expects guardians not to be in it, but she thinks of Moroi as less divided, and in fact, they are. But yeah. I didn't like, even like, more divided. Uh, like, like did, not, did Rose not talk to her about, like, hey, yeah, some of the non-royals are not invited. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or maybe the dragon... Maybe the Dragomirs just lived in their own little bubble. I think they did. And now she's, she's like, now she's escaping the bubble, and she's like, oh shit, it's messed up out here. 
he saw that and then he saw that the queen had actually agreed to open everything for non-royals and he was like no way to Except, do this what? no i bet he was suspicious though because then he has that yeah. conversation with the queen he knew yeah. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. he was thinking he was like wait why the did queen... she act so bad that's us nah, the yeah. queen was shitty as fuck for what she did she was but we'll was... get to that yeah. i was a marina anti this episode yeah me too yes. but first we have my girl in her second job showing up mm-hmm. yeah and just Everyone. amazing and just having no giving no shit to like jesse and dane she's like hello <laughs> just i have absolutely well, i like do you know what i like to how she never leaves jesse alone she's like yeah i'm still around like you think that i'm just like here for your pleasure no i'm here for you me know? i have a life, I have a life. <laughs> i'm for the people yeah i'm not sure what it is what's the shop she works for like, is it- I, I, cu- I couldn't no, I couldn't see. I couldn't see. No thoughts, I'm empty. To figure it out, but but Dane is thought. just so dismissive, and you can tell that Jesse's like, he has his little heart, and his little heart is slowly falling for Silver, and he's just mm-hmm. like, he's so great, bro. <laughs> like, he's so great. He, what a mood, what a mood. I know. I mean, I hate Dane, one more time, for the people in the back, I hate Dane. But, like, he's the only person that's at doing this, like, on, like, He's the only one that's doing this, like, you know, like, the whole thing where you have to, like, you know, get more babies. He's the only one that's doing it. And I'm like, Dane, calm down. Take a breather. You well, know? He's it's his, busy, it's but his he's sacred duty to force his son to do this. He's like, Jesse, do it for me. Why don't you do Dane, it? Dane is going to repopulate the Dompiers with his bloodline alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about that man repopulating anything. He's not he wants to take over. I really like how they yeah. mentioned Eloise. Like, they brought her... Wait, no, that's after. That's after. But no, first, it's in this moment, no? First, we have, like, we have Silver. Uh, we have a scene with Silver where she mm-hmm. she shows that she has a life besides being a blood whore. She has agency. She is independent. She's strong. She's not scared of the royals, and she's not ashamed of it. And we immediately get into a conversation between Rose and Janine, where Janine portrays being a blood hole as the worst possible thing mm-hmm. and it shows mm-hmm. that even within them peers and even within them peer women as happens to be the case in women in general uh there is a lot of like judgment and prejudices over each other and their like sexual uh empowerment or sexual freedom and choices and i think that's really interesting that uh they they again juxtapose those two scenes as they did eloise and uh, silver earlier and I thought that was really cool that they did that and that we get this whole talk about Janine and she, she talks about like um, going to the communes and if this is what they decide to do, then good for them. But blood holes is just absolutely the worst possible thing. Rose says we won't even mention it. Um, so yeah, I thought, um, I thought that was a cool scene as well. While they're fighting and being yep. like, she's being terrible to, to her daughter. Yeah. They're both being terrible to each other. I'm yeah, like, I, I'm like, I get where Rose yeah. is coming from, but she's just going about it so disrespectfully, and it stresses me well, out. It's like they just need like, therapy. Need to sit down. They need and some yeah. therapy. Everyone needs therapy. No, I'm really like, stubborn. So if somebody was like, stop yeah. being stubborn and punching me into mm-hmm. not being stubborn, I would just keep being stubborn. Like, yes, yeah, so like, yeah. These Hathaways are very stubborn, like in general. And Rose has like these very complicated like emotions for her mom too, because she wants. Mm-hmm present mom and that's not what she got and she's upset that that's not what she got and she wishes she still had that um like that role that um i don't even know how to pronounce Rhea. Rhea. yeah i know her name i don't know how to pronounce it so 
she had that role with Rhea and then she's dead and she wishes she still had that but then Janine is not like it's not gonna fulfill that in the way she wants her to mm. do it because mm. Janine doesn't know how to be a mother and she'll get there I believe yeah. in her yeah and, like Rose has these like feelings for like that whole situation and she's just bitter that her mom is not there for her yeah. like, well interesting being. though because Rose has to live with also the pressure of being her daughter mm-hmm. like exactly. it's not even it's like okay she's like all the issues with being yes. having an, a, an absentee mother it's even worse when you hear stories about your mother doing stuff yes yeah like every time yeah. she could have came for like Christmas or like Thanksgiving whatever she's like fighting off Guardian and fighting off Strigoi mm-hmm. and making a whole being like a uh like what's the word like she's being i can't think of the word right now and it was on the tip of my tongue and i'm mad but she was kind of like a legend she's being a legend, a legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, a, she's a bit of a myth we'll go back to that but it, it... and so like everybody is like did you hear what you need half the ways doing did you and then rose is like i just want a mom like just a mm-hmm. cute it's little kind of, note that it's... you can hear a baby talking in these little sister <laughs> 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 so you will hear her but and she's just watching me here. across from yeah. me right now i'll be back <laughs> um, Real cute. I, wait, I wanted to add. I think it's fascinating how like everyone like um seems to be closer to Rose's mom than like she is, and so she probably yeah. has that jealousy too, where like people don't have that baggage when it comes to Janine, and so they're able to like really yes. appreciate her and feel close to her, and then Rose doesn't get that privilege to like feel that way because yes, it's that's the it's that dichotomy of being like she yeah. is a figure like that everyone respects and everyone is like happy and like proud to have her like teach them. And Rose, meanwhile, is like, yes, I would want that if she was actually also acting like my mom. Yeah, she like, has, like, so much resentment yeah. inside of her. So it's, like, really hard for her to put that mm, aside exactly. and, like, respect her mom as, like, that figure. Because there's also that, like, hurt that she feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you guys would agree, but I think a big part of the issue between Janine and her mom, and I think it's a thing a lot of us feel as children and as teenagers, um is that you already feel you're powerless. You already feel you're under less than or less worthy or your opinion is less valued as it is because you're younger and you have to respect your Mm -hmm. elders. It's made worse for Rose because she's a damn peer who by design and by nature is considered to be of a lesser class. And then her mother, the one person who supposed to love her no matter what and supposed to support her no matter what still beats her into submission and still literally like physically beats her into submission instead of taking her as an equal and valuing her opinion for who she is and i think it just drives home a point and a complex for rose that is a basically the essence of uh the negative aspects of her characters but also the essence of what like powers her through life which is that she wants to prove uh that she's an equal she can be as good she can even do better also and i think that's I was going to say, also, I think it's so fascinating about Janine, and I have so much sympathy for her, because I feel like this the entire crux of the problem Rose has with her is exactly the reason why she's such a legend, is because yeah. she's able to, like, set all of those emotions aside and do her job and be good at her job. So it's just, like, she had to sacrifice that relationship with her daughter to get to where she is. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really fascinating, because it's, like, you can be mad at her for how she treats Rose, but I just can't bring myself like bring it myself to get to that point because it's like I completely understand her and I feel bad for her because it probably hurts her to treat her daughter this way, but she has to. I do relate 
So like I understand the relationship a lot, especially Rose's perspective, because obviously not to the same degree, but um, I grew up with a mom that was very busy all the time. My mom got up to go to work every single day of the week at 5 a.m., would come home for 10, 20 minutes, have lunch, leave, come back for dinner, and then like I didn't see her again until like lunch the next day. So we uh, always had this very complex relationship of my dad and my aunt were the ones that were raising me more than her. And then she was always the one that was harsher on me. And like giving punishments, you got a lower grade, you can do this, like I'm gonna take the, the computer away, I'm gonna take this other thing away. And I was so mad at her the whole time because I'm like, you're not even here. You're like, you're never here when I need help, when I need something, it's always dad or your sister or whatever. And I do relate so much to Rose in that aspect of like, Janine is always there to like, push her down when she does something wrong and never there to lift her up when she does something right. And I do relate so much to that. And it's not to the same degree, of course, because I did see my mom like every day, but for a very short amount of time. And she was always the one like pointing out everything that I was doing wrong instead of the things that I was doing right. So yeah, plus face, I think a difficulty. Um, I always was in awe of my mom uh, and she's one of my absolute favorite people in my life and probably one of the people I admire the most doesn't mean we have a perfect relationship, but I do admire her a lot. She changed jobs several times, including when like uh, she ended up being a single mom with me. Uh, and so at that time, she she worked a lot and far, and I barely saw her. She would leave at like 7.30, I'd go to school, I'd be back at 6, and she'd arrive at 10. And by then, I had done my homework, eaten, and we would like chill for 30 minutes and go to bed. And I felt like I didn't see her, but I was old enough to understand that what she was doing was for me like it was for her but it was also for me it was so we could have everything we needed so we never missed like lacked anything so we were safe and we had a roof on our heads i feel because rose has always had her mom doing her duty even when she was a baby she doesn't really get to see it that way like she she just feels like she missed out on an entire life and that her mom picked her job over her whereas i think in janine's Janine's way of seeing it is she did what she wanted to be a model model of and she was doing it uh, so that she'd have a good reputation and her daughter would be safe and her daughter would have a good model to follow and and I think there's often a lot of times when our parents are trying to do the best they can and at some point around teenage years you realize they're not perfect and they're humans and they're just as fucked up and as lost as you are they're just better mm -hmm. at pretending they're good at it yeah um and it's always harsh when you realize that and it's always scary because i never had that moment <laughs> well <laughs> for a lot of i think some people do i certainly, yeah. I certainly did um and they make mistakes and it's hard everybody makes when... mistakes i think it's hard when you realize this but it also allows uh, the relationship to become more even and you realize that your parents sometimes need to rely on you when you're an adult and that's hard because you want to always be protected from it and you always want to be able to hide in their arms if anything goes bad but the truth is they need help and they they don't always know what they're doing either and they're just doing their best and uh, I think for Janine and Rose that is something that is very important for them to understand and they, you, you see a growth towards that um, I think in Eptem a lot. Also, like, um, you were speaking about teenagers, and I think that's like a really important like part of your life with your parents because you that's when you form like not form opinions, but that's when you 
really like had opinions like as a kid you were just like coasting through life with your parents and like maybe you have an opinion like i don't like this i don't like that kind of candy but, i don't like, like, like broccoli yeah <laughs> when you're like grown like when you're like 15 16 17 you're like having like actual like you're like oh wait i don't like the way this happens to me i don't like the way this affects me and so like now you're butting heads a lot because you're forming your own opinion and then your parents are expecting you to still be the same like that's like a period of like really intense like growth i think between your parents yeah. and yourself and so I do think that it's really interesting to have that with Janine and Rose. And it's also, like, Rose and Janine, like, they're not around each other all the time. Like, they're rarely around each other. So, like, every time, presumably, they see each other, it's always, like, always, like, tension because they're never, like, around enough to see the whole. Yeah, they don't get yeah. to grow together. They, like, oh, go yeah. separately and meet up occasionally. And then you have to catch up on everything you've missed. That's hard. Yeah, they're like, we're just mad. It's easy. Easier, Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's interesting in this scene um, when Janine is like, you may not think I do, but I know you. I'm like, mm-hmm. first first of all, I was like, do you really? Um, but then she proceeds to read Rose to Filth. And so I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe she does know her. But exactly. I think it's also a funny parallel because Rose thinks she's like so mysterious or something. <laughs> Rose thinks that like nobody could ever understand her. But oh, she God. has Dimitri and Janine in this season being like, I do know you. And... <laughs> Um, so it's just like Rose is I feel like she's someone who wears her heart on her sleeve and she doesn't in a different it. way than Lissa. Mm-hmm. She acts Rose, like she doesn't, but she does. Rose yeah. is just like Kieran. Like they say that they're so guarded. They don't make that face at me. Listen, I have a good point. Like they say they're so guarded and they like want to be like mysterious, but both of them are like bleeding hearts and it's just like they mm-hmm. put everything on the table and they leave themselves open. Like, Rose leaves herself open to be so hurt and disappointed by almost everyone around her because she invests so much of herself in all these people. Mm-hmm. Like, Lissa rips her heart out. Dimitri rips her heart out. Her own mother rips her heart out. So How many like, hearts does Ro- she have? <laughs> <laughs> many. Anyway, it's just, I, I think it's so funny to me that Rose doesn't seem to know that she wears her heart on her sleeve. And... Yeah like pretend like she's so guarded and like hard to get to know when like everyone around her like knows who she she's is and how she baby. is and... Yeah. Oh, baby girl she's so she's there. i don't know if she'll agree with that but to be fair i think there's several things that i can kind of relate to i personally feel like i have my heart on my sleeve quite a bit but i think there's different things that play into it one of them is that you are different. You are a different person and a different identity to different people. And sometimes, for example, my sister knows me. Obviously, she knows me. We've no, like obviously, but she knows like maybe seventy five percent of me. And then there's twenty five percent she never she she's never gets to know about. Uh, and those twenty five percent you guys know very very well uh, because it's just a personality I don't show to her. It's something we don't talk about. We're not necessarily comfortable. Um, like, you know, like, for example, like, don't talk about my sexual orientation or anything like that. And those are important things and things that you guys know about. So I think that when she says, uh, you don't know me, she means you don't know me as well as you think you do. Like, there's loads of other people I can be. There's loads of other things I can do that you're not aware of. You don't share my daily life. You have no idea of the people I can be to all the people in my life. Because we're, we're, we're different persons to different people. And I think another part of it, and I think that's something everybody gets through, and it's something we constantly find 
sides and constantly end up in the same place is that none of us really know who we are and we're constantly changing and we're constantly moving and we think we figured it out and then turns out we haven't and we're just bullshitting our way through life pretending we know what's happening and we don't and so how can somebody know us if we don't know ourselves and i think at her age it's particularly it's like a hinge period of life where in particular you're trying to find your footing you're trying to find out who you are really what matters to you and she hasn't figured that out yet and I think when she when she tells her mom you don't know me she's also saying like I'm not sure I know who I am either uh all these things have have changed in my life I was supposed to be Lisa's guardian and then maybe I won't and now I'm Lisa's bondmate and before I never was and there's just a a lot happening um geez you're making you're making my brain go like because there's so many things you can dig into because I do think that even if people don't really know who they are I feel like who we are perceived as is still a version of ourselves so even if we don't have a strong perception of ourselves other people do have strong perceptions of us so they do technically know us in a way even if we don't think that they do so like i think both both sides are valid and both sides you know are right to themselves yeah no i'm agreeing with you i'm just yeah we're agreeing with each other i know (laughs) i just keep going whole rants about this can i say something okay i had two points about both things about Peyton and and lena's things and now, now that the spotlight's on me, I forgot. But um, I'm gonna talk Same. and see if we can come back. But on the on the pain thing with the heart on the sleeve thing, I think I think that like it's so interesting to me because Lissa has her heart on the sleeve and she knows it. Like she's like, yeah, he makes me gooey, or like, hey, I'm upset about this. Like she's very like, oh yeah, I'm so open to, to every. Like you know what I mean? Like she's more open than Rose. And so for her to get hurt, yes, it's very upsetting, but it's also like everybody could be like, oh my god, we know how much this meant to you because, like, she talks about it, you know what I mean? And then Rose mm-hmm. is, like, thinks she's so guarded because she won't say anything, but, like, everything is, like, bleeding, like, you can see it. Yeah, her actions her, she, speak louder than words. Yeah, so she, to her, she's like, I can't, she's like, I can't believe that, like, oh, this is happening, and, like, I don't, I don't know why, like, this hurts me more, and I'm like, because you didn't realize that you have, like, your, like, she's like, how do people know about this? And I'm like, because you literally look at like for example like a Dimitri like, like like it's so obvious and she doesn't realize it. And then to to talk about Lena's point, um which was hold on. What was the point? <laughs> oh my point was about how we never really know ourselves and with different facets of the of, oh, of the yes. we are. The, so the point actually was not about how we don't know ourselves. It was about the fact that you said, like, Rose is, like, talking to Janine, and she's like, you don't know me as well as you think you do. And then I was thinking, I was like, Rose, what does she even think Janine knows about her? Like, to her, <laughs> she's like, Janine knows nothing about me except my name and my birthday. <laughs> so, does she even know I my think, birthday? Yeah, she's like, well, she's gonna birthday. She has to know. <laughs> does she then? could have forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's so funny, because I was like, to her, Janine barely knows anything about her. Janine's like, I know, like, five more things than that. Like, you know, and then it's like, of this back and forth of how much does the other person know about each other? And it's like, mm-hmm. Janine's like, well, Rose thinks that I don't know her, but I do. And Rose is like, you don't know me because you're never around. And Janine's like, the dude, and it's like, this whole, like, yeah. it circles. And no one's around. gonna win. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna circle. Right, you know? I do think that um, the reason why Janine can read Rose is because actually Janine used to be like Rose when she was young. Yeah. 
And the job, the duty, and everything has beaten her down and into the line that she is now. I need like, a Janine spinoff, yeah. like with her whole yes. prequel backstory. Like, how she made Rose's dad. How she oh. made I, I think it's so interesting to have this conversation with so many people who have like different perspectives. Because for me, like, I am 100% myself with every single person I meet. So it's like, and I know that's not normal, but like there that is no, great. there is, it's a conversation I have with my friends all the time that are different people with every person, but it's like, I, there are no different versions of me. Like I am the same person with every person, but I think it's honestly just because I don't have the emotional energy <laughs> to make myself fit into what other people want from me. So it's like, I am me. This is ticket. This is me. It. This is me. But this like, is real. This is I'm me. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be now. No, but I just, I spend so much time getting to know myself so that I can do that. But it's like, I don't know who I'm going to be, but I know who I am right now. Yeah, That's so, so deep. That's great. That's wonderful. I know exactly who I am right now. I don't know who I'll be in five minutes. I don't know who I'll be. Like, something drastic could happen that could change me completely. But who I am right now, I have a deep... Seriously. (laughs) And it happens in a moment. But in this moment, I know exactly who I am. And all the things that come with that. And I present myself as I understand myself to everyone in the same exact way. So that's what I mean of when I say, like, I project myself onto characters. Mm -hmm. Is like... I see so much of myself in Rose, and so I'm just like, oh, Rose is just like me. Instead of, just like I'm just like Rose. Yeah. She's, <laughs> instead of me saying, like, oh, like I'm just like them, like, they're just like me. And yeah. so I put all my my traits on them of, like, Rose is 100% Rose with everyone, and Rose knows exactly who she is, even if there's evidence that she does not. Yeah, but it's interesting, and I think, you know, there's um, there's sides to, to this conversation where uh, I find it's I'm so admirative of people like you that can always be unapologetically you. It's not something I'm able to do. Not that like the different me's are not me. Uh, it's just like sometimes I restrain myself or I censor myself or I change a little bit. But also I think um, it's kind of interesting because some people would find it a betrayal. Like I know people find it it's a betrayal that you could be different. Uh, I do, and I do not believe in that because I think every I aspect of yourself that. you show is a version of yourself, even if I it's different so too, from the other. But I've had people tell me, like I've had people tell me, how how dare you? Like how dare you not be like this with me? How well, I don't get that at all. Like I yeah. don't get that at all. But I because think you know, so it can much... be part of of the problems within dynam- dynamics and stuff, like. How, for example, when when she's with Janine, she wants Janine to be Janine, and Janine proves that she can be praiseful and she can be encouraging. So why is she not with her? And mm-hmm. uh, she knows she's able, like she has it in her, but it's it's just uh, frustrating when uh, when some for some people it can be difficult to accept that uh, you adapt. Some some people are unapologetically themselves, and others just differ and in, in based on their relationships and I think that's a pretty complex thing to deal with. And it's, is this a therapy podcast always, like, now? <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be so like if the people listening to this like 
something a lot of the i don't know what it is up with us today but like the last episode we were so chaotic and, and this episode so was so deep well, i'm sh- there's chaotic moments but like a lot of things are like thought provoking like i'm listening to you guys and i'm sitting and thinking of how i apply it to me so i'm wondering if like if the people that are like listening to us talk about this are like having their own opinions yeah. what are you I'm, opinions? okay yes. I, Sorry, I love the person that took notes during the episode and were like answering the questions that we were yeah, answering and posting them. So like, yeah, even if you don't want to like tweet us what you think about some of the things we're talking about, I would love if people like emailed us. Like, Slide into yeah. our DMs. Like, yeah, I, they're open I, for I you. I think it's so interesting to hear about how people like perceive themselves and how people like walk around in their day-to-day lives like are you a person that is like you find it more comfortable to adjust who you are for different people or are you someone who just is like the same person all the time like are you, someone are you that like persona who the hell am i and i think uh, R-M-R-M. This, is, <laughs> this is something you can expect from us uh both a lot of unhingedness and chaos and also a lot of thoughts and reflection because this show has both and this is an episode that is more thought-provoking and that has darker themes mm-hmm. and then you'll see us talk about the blood scene next week and uh, mm-hmm. but uh, we like to keep you on your toes and we hope you enjoy it anyways and that you will share your thoughts with us does anybody have anything to add or shall we move on i mean i could vent about myself but let's just move on <laughs> All right, guys, we are back after our the little sexy best friends. <laughs> interlude with the sexy besties uh, of Christian and Rose in the library. I love a good Hathor's era team up. It's just, it's just so good. I particularly love it because I have a friend with whom I've become friends just because their girlfriend is one of my favorite people on earth. And we did become friends later, so I think it's, it's just a great way of becoming friends it's so sweet when you like protect each other because you feel you owe it to a third person and then turns out you actually like each other um Mm -hmm. so yeah i really love it and they're really like working hard for our girl lisa oh this makes it so interesting sorry theo you want to go go ahead go okay okay once again this is episode three so i was kind of expecting um watching this i was expecting them them to like hate each other because they do in the books you know a little like yeah. rivalry yeah. and those two are just they, they do kind they're of snarky vibing. they are snarky but they're just kind of like let's do this for Alyssa and like let's keep each other secrets and then Christian's like you be a badass like it's so funny that's just because Rose hasn't discovered the unicorn yet so she has no reason to hate him yeah. but once she sees that like all bets are off she's like, gonna that was my unicorn yeah Christian and Rose friendship supremacy though but I was gonna say this really makes me wish I had a scene of like their first interaction in the show universe because I, I just mm-hmm. I, I need that like give it to me because it's like yeah. like this can't be their first time of like having a conversation together because they like oh, they talk too That's casually what because he's new yeah you're right this can't be the first because like he is new to the dominion like you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. so so they don't know each other from like since they were kids but she was still kind of like like when they were kissing in the last episode she's like you were kissing christian i was there like he's got a reputation so he's he's got that bad reputation you've heard so much about a person from somebody else who you're close to you feel you know them not only does she hear but you know she experiences so like if there's that too maybe it's that like maybe it's because he opens up a lot about his parents 
He does yeah. it all the time. He should okay. okay. stop talking about his parents. No, okay. That doesn't He's happen obsessed. in this scene. Family that happens yeah, that's later, later. And I have that's a specific later. note about it. So I... Well, oh, sorry, later. Kristen. That's later, yeah. but like, it's Leave just interesting. That, that, in fact, it is the first time they're together. And we don't really get, like, you know... He summons so, her, right? He because summons her. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he, need, he needs someone to protect him when if someone mm -hmm. catches him. Does but, he uh, summon her? Oh, yeah, she was like, why am I yes, here? Yeah, does, yeah. and later movie. on. But that scene. She was like, anyway. why am I, why are you in the library? <laughs> I'm married, so cocky. I do love, I do love that scene with the language like, where she's like, break my rules, sure, why not? Like, I know, <laughs> but I was going to say, first of all, um, I love Rose's top. Like, she just looks so good in it. She looks yeah. so fucking good in that top. So good. Yes. And then, so I, but also, they just, I don't know what it is. They both look super hot, and, like, I can't handle them mm -hmm. in the same scene together. Because yes. it's, like, my it's my two favorite, like, character types, like, badass mm -hmm. woman and, like, skinny emo boy. So it's, like, if it, <laughs> I can only handle them in small doses, because I'm sitting there, like, God, I need yeah. them. They are so good. No, wait, okay. Was he wearing the suit in the, in the library? He's so well-dressed. Or did he wear the suit later? That man is always so well-dressed. Listen, I can't bully his clothes, like his fashion. He <laughs> looks so good. Yes. <laughs> That's the one Sometimes thing I, I struggle with writing down my notes because I'm just looking and I'm like, I'm so distracted by the beauty that I'm seeing on my screen. <laughs> exactly. And like his hair is like not super like, you know, it has a little I bit hate of his ruffle hair. to it. I'll be real honest with you. I hate it. No, no. Later on, there's a little bit of messiness to it. And it's probably because he learned his parents were alive. So he's like, oh, I'm sad. He said, I was emo because <laughs> my parents were dead, but they're alive. So I got it like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then so like I'll later on, specifically off. sexy scene, but um, we can get to that later. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I like how the I like how the more his life unravels, the less hair gel he uses, and his yeah. hair just gets more and more emo. Exactly. He knows what the people want. Wake Do you me remember up. This, this era of emo songs where people would have little avatars singing them in their clips instead of themselves. I don't know if this was a thing anywhere else than in France. But in France, it was a thing. And there was a lot of purple and a lot of rain. And that's kind of how I picture him. That's so just funny. Like, just this sort that's of funny. Uh, I don't know if it was a thing somewhere else. In France, it was a thing. Like, we had tons of animated singers just for, like, two years in 2010. Uh, had the gorillas. Yes. 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 And then, <laughs> we're talking about people being hot in their tops. Let's talk about... Yes. Women being beautiful in their amazing <gasps> freaking dresses. Okay. This is one of my favorite Lissa dresses in the show, but it's also, I think so it's good. one of my favorite Mia outfits as well. Like, they both yeah. look amazing. And and they look so good, and they're so pretty, and I love Lisa's braid. It's mm -hmm. just, they look so, so good. And I There's like, I'm, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna sound like a freak, okay? Oh, no. Morning, I'm gonna sound like a freak. Oh, no. I... I'm someone I don't I don't know what it is about me, but I latch on to the weirdest parts of people's bodies where I'm like, oh, that person's attractive. Is Let's this just... about the nose? <laughs> no. For everyone who doesn't know, I think Kieran has a really nice nose. Anyway, talking about Danny and Lissa. Lissa's neck in this dress. Yes. Right. Yes. She has a ballerina so neck. Honestly, okay, it's I, so I was long I... And straight and perfect. My hunchback could never. I love the use of chokers also in the costume design. So good. They're so sexy. So good. So speaking of body parts, um, Danny has really pretty <laughs> eye shape. Like her eyes are really gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like they there's something are, about yes. them that's just really captivating. I think her lip shape is also really nice. Years. I think her everything is nice. I think yeah, she's, she's perfect. so pretty. Like she's ethereal. <laughs> she's like kind of like an angel. Like she looks so pretty always. Like 
Yeah, her and Johnetta literally look like like princesses. They literally look yeah. like they stepped out of like an illustration. They do not look mm-hmm. like real people. I love Cece's no, face. Not. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's I love Cece's gorgeous. ears. They're so cute. Her ears, I will not get yeah, into will, what I love about Regan's. I will look at Cece's ears next time. <laughs> They're so cute. They're so cute. Yeah, but I love her I'm jawline. <laughs> I think this entire cast was crazy. Now they're so lab. creepy. Who's jawline? Do you not? Cece. She has such a. Mia, I love her. Like I said, I will not go into details about Regan. I think she's absolutely beautiful. She has many other things, but I think she's absolutely beautiful. Well, now that Regan follows the. Uh... The Instagram. We think you're hot. Well, so I'm sorry, Rian, but yes, I've told her before, but I think she's magic and she was fine with it. But she has many other things, but she's nothing but magic. Back to the (sighs) unicorn. But Mia, I think, has the best pouts. She's such a like, she looks like a cat. She looks like a wet cat of a person. And but even when you when she pouts, she's beautiful, and you want to be like, my baby! Yeah, yeah. that's my, my baby! Meow. Yeah. She's just Let's just... get back on topic. Yeah, yeah, but get back, back on topic. Weird. This is a lot of you guys being weird. I have to ask this. I have to ask this. Theo, are you a Yuki bias? Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Are you I'm a Yuki bias? Uh, partially, yes. She's I just told- talking about little meow meow and wet yeah. cats. So I'm like, I know you're a Yuki stan. My gosh, I talked about my biases in the group chat. It's Namgi. <laughs> Listen, sister, I have too many group chats. I can't get in there. Talking okay. about that scene, I love, I love that like we see a lot of a softer side and the a bridge building as Mia offers to put the mask on. Yes, you. Okay, mm-hmm. I have notes. Before that happens. Okay, first of all, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Excuse you, not me. <laughs> First of all, I think it's kind of fascinating the way that like Mia will do whatever it takes to like, you know, benefit herself, and so like she just assumes that people are only nice when they want something. So then when Liz is like genuinely trying to be like a nice person, Mia's first response is like, "What do you What do you want from me?" Like, mm-hmm. and I just think that was interesting. And then like. I don't know if it's because Lissa was just like, I'm just trying to be a good person here, my guy, that, like, later Mia's like, fine, okay, let me just help you with your stupid mask or whatever, like, I, like, does she, she's not doing it for, like, a specific reason, she's like, I guess I can be nice for once, so I just thought that interaction was cute, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, do you want to say something? I was like, who? <laughs> who? I was staring at Payton for some reason. I was like, yeah, Payton, say something. Payton, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, speak. <laughs> no, I'm like, well, it's back to me now. Sorry. Um, I wanted to talk about which I know again, same scene, but like a little bit a- after. You know, the best to talk about their looks. It's the girls. Why are the they girls. so loud? <laughs> the girls. I was like, the why are you so loud? It's because they're mean girls and they want yeah. us to hear. They they're want her to hear. They're busy on purpose. They, they want yeah, her I to know, hear. but I'm like, I would never. They really oh, get what's so coming. <laughs> they're like, Lessa, do you hear us? Yeah. Banging on but her door. Also, I find Mia's. Lessa, that bitch. I find Mia's question <laughs> interesting in the sense that she is somewhat reassuring Lisa, but you can kind of tell she's enjoying the fact that Lisa is starting to understand really what this means and exactly. what her enemies are showing up she's like see 
See, this is what I've been talking See? about. Time, See? time to I wake told you. up now. You're a naive little. Mm -hmm. I like that. Like I like that. Lissa's, um are they talking about me? And Mia's like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who else? Okay, I have to say, I love Mia's line delivery. Every time she has a line, she just delivers that just so well. And I'm obsessed yeah, with like, listen, everything Mia, she says. Mia, if you're also listening, Mia McKenna Bruce, if you're listening, if you're listening, I would like some tips on how you did that. Thank you so you're, much. If you're listening, mm -hmm. I would like to marry your voice. She's oh such God. a little dynamo. Like, I'm like, I'm like, tell me some act like tips, and you guys are like, I want to marry you, your voice. Calm down. I don't want to marry me. I'm too. Busy. I know what I want. <laughs> too busy with other people, but I, I love Mia, and I would love being bitchy with her because she, mm -hmm. she just has the voice and the the power and all for it. But it's a, it's a great scene, and I do like that we see more of a, like Mia is still is still being kind of on the offensive with Lisa and is still being a bit manipulative and there's, there's a lot of that but you can kind of tell she's also starting to soften mm -hmm. and I think mm -hmm. that's I also think though it's very interesting though to point out that this is like like this is um Mia just realizing slowly who Lisa is mm -hmm. like you know what I mean like she's like very dismissive Lisa she's like this is what I want this is what I want and now she's kind of realizing that no offense to Lisa but she's a little bit more ignorant than you would think about like what's mm -hmm. happening. I she's have not being like, bad on purpose. She just knows yeah. nothing. I have she so many. Mia literally called her a twig. Yeah, and she's so yeah, right she's for so that. Mean. That's right. She's baby. Um, I have so many thoughts about Mia, but I guess I'll bring it up in a later scene because I just have thoughts about Mia's thoughts during this scene. But you have thoughts about Mia's thoughts. Let's go for it. Thoughts? Then we have um. This, the bowl, which first of all is beautiful, it's hard. First of all, no, first of all, do these people only have three masks available in the entire Dominion? Because it's just a three mask on everyone. It's the same. I like, tradition. I like for the men's to have some more fancier masks. They're so no, boring. They're not allowed. I want Christian boring. in that winged up piece oh my of cardboard. God. You know, okay, I, I, I think Christian would enjoy that. Mm -hmm. He would enjoy that. <laughs> but the fashion was very half capital from Hunger Games, half Bridgerton. Yeah, and it's so like nice though. It, it was like, so beautiful. I know, we're, I know, like I'm jumping again a little bit ahead, but I do like seeing the difference. You mean I'll, I'll talk about it later then? I'll say it for the next scene. I do have to say, like that little moment when, like, you see everyone in like little groups and Lisa just like kind of in the middle, kind of yes. like lost, like what's going on? Like it's, it's so powerful. It's so important. And, and like, yeah. It reminds me of like I think we could have said a counter too of how many times I bring up like parallels with the books and everything. There's like uh, a line I think at the end of book one when Mia is like like kind of criticizing Lisa and Christian like they're the outcasts and like that moment is just like that like Lisa is being an outcast in that yes, moment. Yes, I literally I have I wrote it down that like like it's so cool like the way Dragazira are outcasts in their own community exactly. and stuff like yeah. that. And I I took a screenshot of that 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 just image. No of Lissa, like, in the middle, surrounded by everyone, because I thought it was really pretty, and um, also, You thought it was lot. funny. You sent it no, to no, us no, last night, no, and you were like... No, that was a different scene. But, um, guys, um, anyone listening, if you want to see a funny picture of Lissa standing and look like so looking so tiny and, like, funny, I will post it. It's funny. Um, I like to bully her. No, I'm just kidding. She's baby. Okay. <laughs> you like to bully Christian. <laughs> Sorry. Honey, I was I was being facetious. If you wanted to bring something else, you can. It's literally in the next scene, so it doesn't matter. It's, okay. It's a parallel. This scene, I do think it's pretty cool. Like, 
Lisa is such an idiot. Like, she is... Uh, I say this with the utmost love, but, like, she's apologizing to the queen and, like, oh, thank you so much. And then the queen is not gonna do it. Like, it, it's it's obvious. Go for it, Theo. Oh, I was just gonna you, say, I have baby. a note that I, I, I really like how they're, like, letting Lisa think that she accomplished something while still maintaining the status quo. The status quo. So, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you did this. Um, Guys, keep the, the non-royals out. Don't <laughs> let them in. Awesome. Like, okay, listen. Listen, you didn't hear from me, but the non-royals, they told me. They're like, fresh air. So I just, <laughs> yeah. how, did, how did the queen justify that to Lisa? She's like, yeah, they didn't want in, actually. Well, I'm asthma. They need to be outside. Lisa, I've never noticed. She's getting dumped. It's but also, in here. Let us leave them out. Like, I know, I think Carl said that as well, but it made me such an anti of the queen, the, mm-hmm. the conversation she has with Victor after, where she's like, yes, she's going to be queen, but for now, I'm queen. So I know B wanted to talk about this, I believe, um, about the, the non-royals being refused the entrance. The guy at the entrance is so snobby, and you have poor Mia on her bench. Um, I don't know if uh, B wanted to say something or not. Does anybody want to come up with something on that? Yeah? Hey. Um, this scene just made me think, like, about Mia. And, like, she actually, like, showed up. And, like, did she show up for, like, herself? Or did she show up because she was, like, joining? Oh, my God. I need to get back into the vibe. Like, you know. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, did she show up for herself? Or did she show up for Lissa? And all she yeah. Be- yeah, like, did she show up with her dad? Did she show up for Lissa? Or, like, she actually there because a part of her is, like... Maybe I should hear Lissa out, but then, you know, obviously all of her previous view got, like, proven right, and she was like, right, never mind. She's alone, and Victor's inside, so can you imagine, like, Victor just leaving her outside when she was supposed to come in? (laughs) (laughs) One second, I missed that. Oh, I'm sorry, but Victor letting everyone treat his daughters like shit pisses me off. I know, me too. Like, stand up for your family. I don't like it. What were you saying, Oh, I was just thinking, like, do you think that Victor was like, the queen, because, like, the queen was like, yeah, they like fresh air, and then Victor was like, hey, me, you get out there? Okay. And he was like, not even, he doesn't even care. Like, See, nothing. Is- that's the whole thing, is, like, he, he acts like he's, like, making this change and stuff like that, but he still goes along with, like, the stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's fascinating. It's one of those, you know, it's one of those situations when people will tell you, at least, at least I'm trying, or at least I'm not one of the bad ones. I'm not mm-hmm. the ones making the bad laws. I'm not the ones voting for that. But if you stand by it and if you let it happen and you don't fight for it, aren't it you just as guilty? Like, there, I think there, there is a lot about that that can be complicating and confusing. I come from a family who thinks that if you, like, if you're doing something bad, if somebody is doing something bad, them not fighting it is fine. And that, like, them staying neutral and staying out of it is just fine and they don't have to fight for it and they don't feel they need to. Whereas for me, it's unfathomable. Like, if I I just need to. And the funny thing is with Victor is, like, he acts like he's fighting for it. Yeah. But then he's, like, so he's not not even, like, on that neutral stance. He's like, no, I'm, like, fighting for change, but also not, he's not fighting for everything equally. Like, they consider mm-hmm. themselves allies, and I'm like, that's not, an, that's not what an ally does. An ally doesn't just stand by and, and, and do nothing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point. But then we get into what I know is going to be our favorite part. Uh, and to quote Junberg, the BLB, 
uh, <laughs> and we start with uh, a scene I absolutely adore with Alberta, Mikael, I think Eddie and, Eddie and Mason are there, and Mare and Rose are at the bar, and they have this little exchange where Alberta is making a joke. Would you guess it? <laughs> Our funny queen. I know. <laughs> Mommy. She also has, like, this great delivery of, like, being, like, dead serious. Yeah. Which I think is, like, one of my favorite ways to tell a joke. Like, she's dead serious, and then, like, when everyone's, like... She has a very dry sense of She's, like, no. Like, no. It's really nice to see her feel a bit younger and a bit more part of the team, and, like, they're all having fun, and they're all drinking. It was nice to see them all, like, smiling and enjoying themselves, despite the situation. Alberta reminds me a lot of... I don't know how many people have read Shadowhunters, but she reminds me a lot of Charlotte Bramwell from The Infernal Devices, of how she's not that much older than them, but she's taken on this almost maternal... Well, she has a responsibility. Yeah, like a responsibility to, like, take care of them, but also be their leader. So she... Alberta reminds me a lot of Charlotte. Yeah, and Charlotte is wonderful, and so is Alberta, so Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And it does create like really good uh, relationships, I think, with the novices and with the other Tempils that I'm looking forward to explore. Then there's a very, very interesting um, building of the community and of the culture with the call-out. And I think we talked a bit about this mm-hmm. earlier, how Jenny is a legend. And the way they, they change her name really feels mythical, um, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And Rose's reaction to it. Yes. Like Rose's face when they're chanting her name, she's like, "Are you fucking serious? Like my bar? Like, I'm so done like with I like there's nowhere I can my go to bar. escape." She's like her. at my BLB. <laughs> she's like at my <laughs> BLB. My salad. <laughs> I do think. So I do think that it's uh, like a great addition to the show because in the books they didn't really have like some peers didn't have a place or a moment to like mourn their death to like have these celebrations because uh, it's brought up in one of the books, book five, I believe when they have this morning scene that the royal Moroi are doing, like we see, but like no one else is allowed to go, no vampires, no, uh, no but royals. It is a and it's like, yes, and it's like only royal Moroi are supposed to go there and mourn everyone, even vampires. Yes, they're honoring the vampires, but what are vampires supposed to do? And I think it's a great addition that they have this like little moment where it's just vampires yeah. honoring and mourning their dead. And I also think it's interesting how, like, we get to see, like, the Dampiers, like, like actually put names to, like, the people that died and stuff like that. So, like, they have that they have that moment where they're attributing people by name, but then, like, it's contrasted with, like, the Moroys, and they're just, like, we don't really get to see them do that, and they're not really focusing on that. They're just focusing mm-hmm. on, like, the, the dancing aspect. The part yeah, aspect. and I think one of the things that you're bringing up about names and that I find interesting... Is that they are not they are not just bringing up the names of the people that died this time, it's everybody ever. It's all yeah. the victims, like because yeah. obviously they bring up people, like, and people that meant something to them too. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, uh, we have a headcanon with Ash and Simon. And I saw that, yeah, other, and a few other people about Alberta. I think we show in this scene we show a really soft side, and we don't get a lot about who Alberta is and who she was. But she mentions Yasmin, and so we have this whole headcanon that Yasmin was her lover and uh, and so she, she it's why she's so hard on Rose because mm-hmm. she lost Yasmin and she doesn't want the same thing to happen to Rose and and anyway um I think it's nice to see uh, this other side and I find it interesting that every single time they they honor every single dead because in the end it's just one long war for them 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just what mm-hmm. this is a battle of the wolf, but it's been going on forever yeah. and it's still gonna go on forever. It's this never ending thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I also think it's nice to see like Rose and like her face in that scene and it's like she's realizing like the weight of everything and I think Sissy does a really Mm -hmm. good job like conveying that just with her face. Yeah. It's it's very well acted and it's very deep and heavy you can really feel it which makes a beautiful contrast after uh, with the dance like yeah. I, I think it, it's enjoyable I uh, before we move on to the dance which I think is a great way of showing grief and how sometimes because it's not all can, sadness yeah, yeah. Bring, grief can bring you together and like sometimes you can celebrate people's lives as well mm-hmm. um, Sonia showing up is adorable and she mm-hmm. looks so cute so in her cute. red dress um, I, I think early it's, yeah, princess vibes um, it's so it's it's so cute that she shows up and you can tell Mikhail is kind so of happy. It. Yeah, yeah that she comes and she knows the dance and everything as well. So. Yeah, well, okay, this is so, so cute. I have head cannons. Like, have head cannons about the dance. Okay, are we at the dance yet? We are. We are. We are. Yeah, we are. Okay, so speaking of Sonia and the dance, Sonia is watching Mikhail and she's kind of like a half step behind everyone. So she's watching Mikhail do this dance while she's trying to figure out. So I have this head cannon that. In the Dompier training, it's part of the training that they all have to learn this choreography. Because everybody in the bar, except for people who aren't Dompier, like, know the dance and they're going along. And everyone else is, like, watching, like, them to figure out how to do it. So I I have this headcanon that the only musicians we ever see in the Dominion are, like, the classical Maroi, like, their musicians. So to me... They have to they have to learn this little choreography, but they also have to make their own bar music. And so to me, all the Dompiers are band kids at one point in their life. So I was trying to figure out all the instruments that everybody would play. Oh that's so cute. You know Rose is a triangle. You know she's on triangle. Eddie. She's triangle. I, I, Eddie would be cowbell. You know Eddie would go ham on cowbell. But I just see like Dimitri running into the first music class and he's like xylophone. <laughs> he's such a nerd he's such a nerd you know he'd be on xylophone but Eddie I feel like would be a saxophone player yeah I, I would agree with saxophone I was just thinking that actually saxophone. I can see Matt being like a battery person like drums or something like, I see Mason thinking that he's the shit and like being the one doing electric guitar Oh my god! I also think that too. I was like, "That's tax." Oh my god, that makes me just more. Eddie has two personality. He would either be a saxophone or cowbell. There's no in between. <laughs> two genders. Not to interrupt this lovely music debate. B, did you want to add something before I go on? The dance? No, no, no. We're still staying on the dance about about instruments. Or can I? Can I? Oh, no, move on. I'm not a band. <laughs> okay. That's it. That, that's all. That's all my head cannon. Of they ha- they have to learn the choreo. They have to make their own music. So they're listening to the song while they dance. They're like, guys, remember when we recorded that first year? <laughs> Before we get into the Romitri and Mason of it all, uh, there's a few really cute pairings in the oh. background. We have Mare and Dimitri once again. I am back with it. But most importantly, we have Janine and Eddie, and it's very important. Very important. important. Oh, I didn't even very notice important. everyone in the background. That is yeah. so funny to me. I, wait, okay, hold on. First, can you guys hear me good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm, like, so paranoid about everything right now. But, um, no, so when I first watched this again, did not notice anybody 
and this is actually like even to like Rose and Dimitri, like I wasn't even focusing on them half the time. I was staring at Sonia and Mikhail because I was like, what is Sonia doing? Like, how did she learn this? So then now me watching, I'm like, Eddie and Janine, yeah. what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, Rose and Dimitri, have fun. But like everybody else was like, what are you doing? What are you guys doing in the corner? I just think it's so yeah. funny because earlier in the episode, Eddie was like, I'm next on your dance card, Rose. And then he goes after Rose's mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it's cute and kind of heartwarming, but sad in a way, how happy Mason is when he's dancing with, with Rose. Rose. Like, yeah. the, the happiest she's been one. in a while, and it's for a funeral. Like, yeah. <laughs> Mason's like, me and Rose are gonna dance together, and he turns around, and she's gone. Again, Rian's face in this is excellent. She just like yeah. pulls him, like, yeah. come on, Matt is done with the straights. She's yeah. like, just come over here, please. She's like, just dance, like, don't that worry about so it. No, when they have, um, like, when Romishi are like spinning away to go continue this dance, and they zoom in on Mason's face, like, watching them, like, yeah, someone took my bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> to me because right before that you like Romitri like bumps into each other and like time uh, stops and they're like I hope you did I hope that scene is just perfect like everything just, the way it all flows makes me want to scream because the I song is so intense Wait. like the song yeah. is so intense and they just freeze and they're like hi it was giving Heartstopper yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I have a question guys were they off like were they behind the, like everybody else is dancing were they behind like they are they're offset because of the time when they were they got like a few counts behind, like three or four yeah, counts. Because it bothered so cool. me. It bothered me. I was like, guys, keep up. I know you guys can. And they're like talking and jumping and they're kind, they're cute. cute they're <laughs> they don't care. Brit is like, but they're yeah. cute. I guess but I'll also, allow it. And most things when they film, they don't like film with the music. Yeah. Going. So, did they film this in silence, or did they film it with the I music? I was going to another Maybe. music that's similar. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say they probably have like something like the on beat. to keep them with the beat. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes people are like off. So I'm like, are they off because they're not playing the song? They are because they're down. A lot of shows they'll play another song that is supposed to have like a similar vibe. Um, but I don't know if that was the case. There is BTS scene of this, uh, so it could maybe like there's there is on Instagram, uh, some BTS of this. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. I think, I think, um, besides Ruby Tree being absolutely adorable together, everybody else is pretty much together. So there must have been some sort of beat. And then for the line dancing, they must have had to have something to get them all in rhythm because on that they're all in rhythm. Yeah. So there must have been something. But they are. So imagine cute. there's someone off screen counting. One, yeah. two, three, three, three four, one, two, three, 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 three spin. <laughs> But it's also cute to see Alberta having so much fun. If you see her, yes. she's just having the best time of her freaking life. Um, and it's it just like how happy and open Dimitri is in this scene. And he's just he's just completely going for it. Honey. Like, why is he smiling? Like, why is there so fucking smiling? Yeah, but then poor Alberta has to stop having fun. And uh, it's true because hey, she, before she we move on, the... yeah? I wanted to talk about the dance again guys see i think it's so funny watching you guys go so in depth about the dance because i'm just sitting here like rose looks so pretty and happy <laughs> she does she that's does. all i she focused does. on okay so okay so i'm gonna say this really quickly 
Um, so I just really focus on the dance, like, because we have two dance scenes in the show, like, in this episode, between, like, the Maroi and the Dampiers, and I was like, it's so interesting to see the Dampiers have fun, number one, yes. because they're so, like, serious and, like, reserved, and then the dance that the Maroi have is the same, like, kind of seriousness and reservedness, and I was, like, talking, I wrote this, like, I talked about it, I was like, it's so interesting to have, like, their traditions be, like, so, like, serious, and then they can have fun if they wanted to, for example, Jesse, you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. they just have their freedom to do that. And the Dampiers, they have to have, like, a special time. Like, this is at a funeral, too. Like, they don't have a fun scene. They're having fun. It's at a funeral where they're having fun. And it's like, maybe they need that excuse to do stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're like, okay, we have time right now because of the funeral. Let's, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's yeah. almost the thing that it's fun. Yeah, exactly. That's what I have on my notes, too. We're like, they're celebrating that they're alive. Because, like, mm-hmm. usually, Dampiers are young, like, for the most part. Yeah. Like, it's. It's like them living in the moment and celebrating that they're alive yeah. while they still are, while they still can celebrate I know, it. but they don't have time to celebrate any other time yes. at this moment. And I'm like, that's so sad to me because, like, after this, they're going to go back and they're going to do the Guardian things. Like, like Alberta, by the way. Like, Alberta, yeah. which, 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 which says to Janine, I'm so sorry to take you away from this and, like, to, to, to talk to you about this now. But uh, we have no choice to talk about the inside job. And I think the whole scene with Christian is hilarious. Like, we have no understanding of how much of a loner he is. Like, no, no, he actually has no friends. It's true. Like, he's not laughing. <laughs> wait, wait, can, wait can, I, can I say one thing about my notes on the Christian scene? Yeah. I have next to each other, leave my boy alone, but also, yes, make him suffer. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's really important to say. Wait, I want to talk about this because, again, they're like, do you not have any friends? <laughs> Uh, they're, like, they're like that's suspicious they were like you must have known some people and he's like no <laughs> i don't know anybody i've been to the school for years and i don't know anybody uh, see i wonder if he was like a friendless loser even before his parents turned stroke away probably. So. probably yeah but he awesome. doesn't expect them to be alive and he's still a friendless loser i, I don't know like I, I think he was probably like bad from the but, like when we're like in books they were turned to go when he was very young. Yes, yeah. I've been I'm thinking like, about that, that in the show. Like, did they ever say if they were turned? Because like, there's the the thing where the, he thinks they're dead. Like, he thinks they were killed. So yeah. what happened? And like, when did they turn on everything? Uh, I'm not sure. I know that uh, in the books he's very young, and Tasha says him. There's a short story about it. I don't think it's been mentioned in the mm-hmm. TV show. Julie. But, uh, I, kind of, I, I know kind you're of listening. Recent, just because of the fact that he moves to send that. Yeah, and also he has a speed trip picture, which is recent. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think they will they turn on purpose because they brag about it, right? Yep. Or did I just make that because I hate? I was no, no, no. Yes, they, 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 they turn on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, I just feel like it was like a like a little like you know what we don't like our son let's do i'm kidding i'm kidding that's so mean it's because he's, it's because <laughs> dad is sick, they're like look know. at this yeah. loser with yeah. no friends and i don't I know be that either i do know that but i genuinely am so like curious on how on how like like how far apart is the time like and then they're like your parents are alive and they show him the video and they're okay they're there for the dragomirs like they're there to kill off the dragomirs and they do a little pit stop and i'm like they're just in the camera, and I'm like, they're so mean to Christian, because, like, why are you, like, doing this? Like, this is not even... I feel like he's just sitting there, and he's like... <laughs> maybe the real, maybe the real like bullies were the parents we made along the way. I feel <laughs> like it's been less than six months since his parents did. 
Probably, like, but yeah. Because the picture is very recent. A year, maybe. You know, his dad was sick at all. He hadn't talked about it anymore. See, he just moved. Do you think, See, wait, the picture thing, think, I always... Like, oh, sorry. No, sorry, this is a real quick, quick question. Do you think that Tatiana and them coordinated like that like was she planning this with them before they were strogoi no no, no, no. so they you think they met like after they became strogoi and yeah. they were just like clearly she's linked to the strogoi somehow when they were yeah. okay now you can go back okay, i was just gonna say i over oh i was just gonna say i over i was <laughs> uh, every time i start talking it looks like nobody's talking sorry mm -hmm. you can go ahead it just doesn't make sense to me why they would go to his dorm because they know he's not there like no they don't but they're leaving a message. I thought they like, were just there to break up to find that one Xavier guy. They're, I honestly, they were out. probably doing it because they wanted okay. to be seen. Like, yeah. they just, they, oh, that's true, that's true. Yeah. They just I'm hate Christian. Too much of, I'm yeah. thinking too much about it. They're like, show to our son. Let him know he's unloved. Oh, no, yeah, not, it actually makes sense that they do know he's not there. Like, they, because they did take Xavier. They were working with Diane. For him. Yeah, so they probably Diane is know. a snitch. They're, they're probably just like trying to make it seem like they're going for Christian when they're actually there for the mm, red herring. Yeah, so like, oh, red so it's herring. like that thing where they're like, oh, they're going for you. But also, it's weird that the dragon is dead. Anyway, back to you, Christian. Like, it's yeah. like a little yeah. side effect. It was like a little side note. Uh, red I, think, uh, I think it's a bit of an act of terrorism. Like, they use it to kill the dragon's era and also to just spread terror. Did, did you say kill like, the dragon's era? Kill the Ozeras? I mean, they do kind of. That was how you really feel. <laughs> they do kill Dragozera. Yeah, every time they kill Dragozera. They're crazy. The dragon <laughs> But they, but they do kill Dragozera too. Like that's. That's not what I meant. All right, we need to keep going over the There's a Freudian slip. We're being filmed. Wait, are we at the Tatiana and Dimitri scene, guys? Oh, I think so because no. I have I have a note that's saying, "What does she want with him?" So that must be it. Such such a bitch, the way she giggles after the kitten comment is so fake, and everybody knows it. And it's, she sounds like a mean girl from a Disney Channel TV show from yeah. ten years ago. And the like, lover of kittens. Shut the fuck up. I mean, <laughs> mind your business. I had a bad joke, but I'm just gonna sip my water. No, no, go ahead. You should go for it, Theo. No, I'm gonna say he's a lover of. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Peyton. You're welcome. If you know, you know, guys. A lover of kitty. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is awful. I'm staring at Theo wearing um their cat ears? headphones. While we're saying cat this? ears on the I'm headphones. summoning Dimitri. I know you want it. <laughs> it's a new bed. <laughs> okay. On that note, leave Zoom. Goodbye. I'm coming after no, your man, Peyton. I'm you can have him. I'm mad enough for this episode. You guys are crazy right now. <laughs> we have no, to balance out how serious we are. Yes, we, we don't have time for all this. We need to keep going. Speaking yes. of Kitty, oh, so I forgot. So the kids come Hi, Kitty. And also, Rose at the bar. She's <laughs> looking at them. Yes. No, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. Are we at the. Oh, no. We haven't. Oh, damn. They still have to go to the library. I don't want to talk yeah, about Yeah, so Christian and Rose are once again together. So are we skipping over the Tatiana Dimitri scene? Well, I don't want to talk about it. Let Bryn speak. A lot of things to say. Let Bryn speak. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say one thing, and okay. that is how do they know each other so. Like, they just ratting off, like, facts. And I'm like, why are you guys so interested? Like, I get. Okay. I get. Why? Because they're both kind of influential influential figures. 
But I'm also like, she seeked him out on purpose, and she's very smart at the way she went to because like Sony went there and everybody was like, and Mikhail was like, wow, you can't like he's surprised to see her there, and then so Tatiana being there is also kind of shocking, especially because she's a royal and not even like like on like she's higher up than Sonia. So to me, it's like her being like, yeah, I support the Dampiers. Me and the Dampiers, we are besties. You know, I love them, and it's exactly. so interesting. Yeah. To me, I think there's a lot of genuine truth about what she says, and I think that it links back to the fact that she has a bit of a Vin storyline and that therefore the person she loved was a Dampier, which for me explains why she fights like one because maybe he would train her. So to, I, I do think that when she says she's here to pay homage, she means it. Like, I, think, uh, I think it's one of her few actual truthful scenes. Yeah, I think it's one of the rare I, moments. Yes. I don't, I, I do think she also has like hitting intentions, like maybe like yeah. trying to get Dimitri on her side or like something, but... She's also like she's actually very careful for one. Yeah, there's, there's there's a bit of both. Um, also, I never realized like she mentions her aunt in this scene, and I never like caught yeah. on to that before. Yeah, she mentions Irene. Like it's very shady how she says that like she's been brought to learn about the elements, and nobody knew her before. Now, obviously, everybody knows her. Dimitri knows her, but we don't really know what she did or where she came from, and that kept that keeps her past oh. kind of blurry. Wait, I think it's also interesting that she mentioned Irene because Dimitri, because Dimitri is like a devout, like he he believes in the faith. So like to him, he's like, oh, like it's such a nice way of cluing him on the fact that she's also kind of part of the faith. Like she didn't admit that she was part of it, but she did like hint at it by being like, yeah, my 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 sister, my aunt Irene is, you know, I forgot but her title. But she's there. You know, I think that's interesting. Also, wait, one more thing, because I have to bring up every time I call someone hot. Um, in my notes, I said like the phrase scrunch that she does when she's like, "I'd hate to be predictable." I'm like, "If villain bad, why hot?" Like yeah. that was she a good line. So good in that scene. I'm so sorry. So Thank good. you. For she's a great actress. Or no, her fashion. She's great. Yeah, she's a great actress. Shout out to Anita. And two, her outfits are always on point. And I'm like, I need to know where she's shopping because <laughs> everybody else needs to step it up. We Excuse me, Lisa and Anita for how classy she is. Like it's just she's she has such class. Moving on, because we must, because yes. I feel we will never finish on time. Uh, Christian and Rose team up once again, and they have a really looking fine as hell. So and, um, I love how much Christian talks about his parents to Rose. Like, he really opens up to her, and he's so trusting, and I love that she respects his secret, so, and he I, understands I, how much of an ask it is. I'm so sorry, but the way it's brought up, it's just so funny to me because yeah. she, she's like why'd you bring me here and he's like have i mentioned my parents are stragoy like my guy you're so... not answering the question <laughs> like he could have been like you know lissa yeah that's why but he was like let me tell you about my life story so when i was, when I was a year ago my parents were stragoy and yeah. now they're like in my old school life. <laughs> like honestly rose is so real for being like yes i understand you because i'd be so irritated i'd be like get to the point i don't care Guys, wait, do we think that like he did that because he has no friends <laughs> he's like he saw his oh. chance to vince he's yeah, like i, I really need to talk to Jenny, someone janine is the one who talked to him about it and janine is rose's mom i don't know maybe there's like a link to it okay but but, but also like lisa trusts rose with like her life with everything and he does care about lisa so i feel like if if Lisa thinks Rose is trustworthy, then yeah. I think so too. Yeah. And also, nice difference with Book Rose. Book Rose would have gone immediately to tell Lisa about his parents so being alive. And we all She'd be like, it. your boyfriend's a little loser. 
she would run to Lisa with it in the book. But like, it's also funny because in the book, Christian would never say that. Christian would be like, "I'm not telling you what I'm like. Why you're here? Like he would have been like, "No, yeah, shut up. yeah, yeah." But yeah. Um, in all seriousness, I'm like obsessed with that little tiny loser monologue of his because it's like. Gosh, I was like spiraling, cause like obviously, like I'd probably heard stuff. He like people assume like his parents sucked, but like they didn't. So it's like, mm-hmm. how do you grapple with that information that like your parents have turned into like these monsters? But like before that, it was like this happy little family and stuff like that. And like they chose to do the biggest sin ever by becoming monsters instead of taking care of their own child. And it's like, how do you live with that? You must hate yourself so much like and then obviously when they were dead he probably still had those thoughts but now that he knows they're alive they're like coming back and so it's like fresh pain i feel like it's that's relatable to people in real life like when your parent disappoints you in the way in the way they act or like in if you think about like if you take it to the extreme like serial killers they have kids pedophiles they have kids like and how how do you reconcile the person you thought they were and the parent they were to you, which could have been a wonderful, loving person, and the awful things they did, and how do you love them but hate them? I think that's yeah. a, a really interesting point. Uh, I think a lot of the time we love people but we do not like them uh, when they are our family, and you can't always help love, you can help liking. Well, um, yeah. So, so I think those are our like pretty deep feelings, and I think it's pretty cool that he talks about it to Rose. Yeah. Um, it's a and good foundation. And also, it's it's also like like he's like stuck on like this that like they loved each other, like his parents loved him and he loved his parents. But like if they loved him, why and did they still did choose to leave and be evil? And I feel like that's probably like he doesn't even care that like they're bad. Like honestly, he just cares that they're gone. And he's like, why though? Like why is yeah, that why important? Is yeah because he's like my parents aren't bad people like you guys might think they're monsters but they still love me and like so obviously there must be something and it's confusing to him probably yeah i think it's a thing that a lot of kids again drawing like comparisons with your life also i'm heavily self-projecting by the way yeah but i was gonna say a lot of kids uh relate to whether they've been in foster care or an adoption but i also think you know like when you have a parent who has an addiction or something like that and it feels like they're picking that over you. Uh, a lot of kids relate to, was I not enough to keep you around? Was I not enough to make you want to stay? Mm-hmm. Like, could I have done something? And yeah, so it's I so crazy that, that that's what he focuses on over everything. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful, interesting, and heartbreaking metaphors. And that, to me, this show is one giant allegory mm-hmm. of many very real issues that people go through. And um, no matter your age, it's always hard to realize that you weren't big. You you weren't the priority. Um, yeah. So, I, see, I think, yeah, I think it's something Rose relates to being not picked and not being the priority. Um, so it's yeah, good poor to baby. Talk about it. Talking about that, Jenny shows up at the end. Uh, and, oh, really? uh, and yeah, she's like, okay. Wait, also, one thing, one last thing. When Christian says that he, uh, that he knows that, like, Lissa and Rose don't do secrets, I was like, I think it's really sweet that Lissa, like, talks to him about Rose and stuff. So I think that's cute. Anyways, back to mommy. There's few things better than when you love two people and they end up loving each other. So I think it's nice, uh, but... uh, I still want them to fight, though. Like, Rose and Christian, like, come on. They can, they can, but, like, you can do both. But yeah, so Jenny shows up and is a disappointed mom, which, relatable. Uh, I love Jenny. 
because in that scene, I was like, oh, now she's a mother. Yes. <laughs> like, before that, I was like, what's she doing? She's like, I'm, like, I was like, the timing on that, such a mother move. And then uh, we have a super, super sweet scene of Mia and Sonia. Before it, before Mia and Sonia's conversation, I just wanted to say, is it just me, or does it look like Mia's, like, obviously trying to hold back, like, tears? She does. Yeah, I was wondering, yeah. you know, I was wondering, like, does she know Sonia's here, and she's purposefully coming to see Sonia? See, I was, was like, trying to I think, I was she going I'd to Sonia, or was she going to Meredith? Because, Meredith, okay, wait, can yeah. I give my thoughts, and you guys can, like, talk about it? I was, so this is what I was thinking about, about Mia showing up at, like, the Death Watch, and it's, like, maybe a part of her wanted to share Alyssa's, like, naive hope, and, like, go there and see what would happen, but then obviously after she was rejected at the party like her skepticism won over and she realized right that's why i'm how i am and that's why i will never be like Alyssa. and then that allowed her the freedom to like be confident and going to seek out meredith but that's just my read of i don't scene. think she sought out meredith when she went for me so, i like to wait, be do dramatic. you think so wait do you guys you guys do not believe her about the walk excuse right just no. to be clear no Honestly, i not. do actually I was walking. well i think she does I think well. Well, she obviously does. Need I, be- air. I believe she does actually need to go for a walk, and she mm-hmm. is trying to get out and away from the other Moroys and from yeah. the royals and from all of that. Like she needs to break from that. But she stopped at the Dampier for a reason. Seeking out Meredith, I think that's such a thing as when you have hopeful thinking and you're yearning for someone, and you hide yourself behind excuses and any excuse to maybe, maybe just maybe get the chance to see them you will take and so i think she in her head consciously she is going to see sonia like she probably knows sonia is there or something and she goes there and she's like i'm just gonna chat for five seconds and have a walk and just like leave it behind but with the unconscious hope of seeing meredith exactly i don't think they are at a point where she's like i'm gonna seek her out specifically no that's what Uh, that's what i'm trying that's what i meant like subconsciously seeking out meredith like not like Like, i think think it's completely subconscious and that her like her personal excuse is i'm going for a walk and i want to see my sister exactly Uh, because her sister doesn't care about being a royal or not and like so and it's just it just happens but meredith is also here and that's a really good that's good how things work out for her um, but it's a very sweet scene, and, and I know a lot of us mentioned in our notes that you can really see a reversal of the roles between the girls of oh, yeah. the oldest and who's the youngest. I don't know if somebody wants to go on that. I think I've already talked a bit. I'll just start crying. <laughs> They're so precious. Anybody want to go on that? Wait, wait, yes, we don't. Okay. I know We're talking about Sonia and Mia. Yeah. Is anybody else the eldest daughter? Me. The no. baby. I am okay, the so baby in all situations. The eldest, I saw so much of it in Mia in this episode just because I am the eldest daughter. Um, but kind of the role reversal that we see, like when the eldest daughter is treated or, perce- or perceived to need taken care of in the way that Sonia has. Because even in um, Ep 8, I'm just going to like mention it really briefly that what victor sees in the reverie of babying sonia so i thought sonia and mia were much closer in age because of the way that no one treats sonia like an adult mm-hmm. no maybe i just it's thought she wasn't in her... school 
but nobody treats her like an adult and so a lot of that burden has kind of fallen on Mia of like Mia being the one with the notes Mia being the one that supports her dad because Sonya's special so she has to be treated like, with special gloves yeah like we have to protect her we have to take care of Sonya so in the way that a lot of younger siblings are able to be baby and be the ones taken care of and Mia doesn't really have that like she has the older sister she can lean on for some things and you see that she kind of mimics the younger sibling role when she's like oh I caught I liked this lipstick on you and so I copied it but in so many other ways throughout this episode and the first two like you see Mia stepping up to be the one that kind of glues her family together and supports them and takes care of them yeah but she's no, but the that's... one who's more involved in like the politics of it all yeah, but that's so interesting because of, like, Sonia's arc, like, throughout. Because you're talking about Mia being, like, she's, like, kind of, the, not the head of the family, but she's there constantly, you know, doing everything. And then you have, um, like, in the scene where she's, like, Sonia, I used to have your lipstick. And I was thinking that was, like, before the, special, the specialization drama happened where Sonia was, like, the, the older sibling. And then now that she isn't specialized and the only person that's treating her like an adult is, like, Mikhail, basically. You know what I mean? Like, he's always, like... But they they come they have like conversations like just casually, but everybody else is like oh she's the bird lady and exactly. she's um, weird, like it happens all the time. So Mia has to be the one that has to like save her reputation and kind of um you know be the adult uh, like older sibling, and so and then but it's also so interesting because of that like with Sonia's arc with Victor where she's like always taking care of him but it's in secret because Mia's like. The one that does it. She does everything, and Sonia's like the one that's like, I don't know what else to do. I'm gonna save him. This is what she can offer. Yeah. This is the she's only thing she like can the do. Emotional caretaker. Yeah, and Mia's like the one that has to. But she's. <laughs> but Mia has so much bread, and I think it's also interesting because they don't talk to each other about it. Like, there's not a hey, are you okay? Or hey, like, and also, it's, what siblings do? They don't talk about their emotions. So I get it. <laughs> I do get it. But it's also like because like one of the others is like, oh, I'm always doing this, and the other half is like, I'm doing this, and they don't communicate how it affects them and so they always are like on two separate paths basically i do think i don't know if it's just me reading into things <laughs> oh no i do All think it's, uh, it's interesting but although you you're right they don't communicate and they don't say these things i feel like in that moment when mikhail comes out and she tells him go on like she tells sonia to go she's showing an approval and a support mm -hmm. in a silent way uh, where she's like, you know, you de she tells her you deserve it, and I think it's one of the rare moments where she is uh, showing really her her soft side to her sister, and also where she is she's protecting her sister and she's trying to make her feel right and trying to make her feel like she's doing the right thing, because I think Sonia feels a lot of the time like she's not and like she's always messing up and she's the problem. Yeah, it's also, but, like, it's kind of like Mia's going through her own little tiny arc in this episode. And, like, that's yeah. kind of the culmination of it, is her letting Sonia enjoy that. And, that, and like, that moment is actually um, what uh, what leads to the Mia because she's like, oh, so she does have a heart. Which, by the way, yeah. Rian in this scene, it's everything. <laughs> yeah. Again, <laughs> she is everything. I do I have a... I do have a little like note that says like Merth little smile when Mia tells Sonia to have fun because she deserves it. It's like I'm like yes. it's everything. My heart melts and also like she she's both hesitant and mm -hmm. yearning and I think she I think she has a lot of uh, 
of Boji acting out. Right? Like, like that moment where she's gonna go and then she turns back and she's like, oh, yeah. I have to say that you one can, last thing. Just like the, the way her body moves, you can kind of, it kind of speaks for itself. You can you and can literally see her thinking. <laughs> I think it's interesting that um, Mare is the only person that Mia feels the need to justify herself with. Uh, she's the only one that she's like, I'm not like this. Like, this this is not what I want to be. It's just what I have to be sometimes. She oh. doesn't care what other people think. She doesn't care really thinks she's a bitch. Uh, I was gonna say also that line where she's like such as being the thing that she hates like such a good line delivery once again was really yeah, good. I know really good line. and such a sad line like mm -hmm. so, she says it in a kind of like almost funny almost like self you know she's laughing about herself self duplicating way but really I saw it really sad I didn't see it that way at all. <laughs> For me, it's well. For me, it's really sad in content, but the way she says it, she tries to make it seem less sad than it is. Mm, yeah, like yeah. She's trying to to make it seem like it's. Not she's trying to it. brush it off, is how I saw it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I just uh, the whole exchange. You're not touching. They're not even close to each other, and I feel like there's such chemistry um, that goes on. And then uh, the you want some company is again perfect delivery. Um, the little gay panic that Mira yeah. goes through when she turns around and she's like, oh shit, should I, should I, should I ask? I should I ask? Right? Yeah. I just wish we had had the walk, but uh, maybe one day we'll know what happened. I literally, I said this scene Little is so iconic even with no walk, but I wish yeah. we had it. Maybe a flashback one day. Maybe exactly. a flashback one day, or maybe don't mention it. Yeah, talking like, do you remember that walk we took? Because clearly- <laughs> Where we, where we fell in love with each other, basically. Something huge changed because the next time we see them, yeah. Mia goes to like find Meredith in at night in the middle of a street gory issues for like, mm hey, -hmm. something happened. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, F6 is not the first time they kissed. For me, they probably kissed in F3 and we don't know about it. Mm -hmm. I know that there was a kiss in F5 that was cut, anyways. Yeah. So. Oh, so yes. And then, uh, where are we? We are back to Rose and Janine, and Rose flipping out like a 14-year-old at Janine, but she's making good points. Yeah, all I have for that scene is exactly Rose. Oh, and they both have the point, but yeah. yeah. They both have the point. I think everybody relates to thinking that your older people want you to fit within the world that exists, and that maybe that shouldn't be it, and that maybe the world should fit itself to you and change uh, how it works. I think that's really relatable. And the game is continuing that. No thoughts, head empty. We also have your friend Dimitri in this. Yes. Uh, which is just hilarious. Discreetly back at it again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that gets me. That gets me. Oh, everyone throwing Dimitri in Rose's face. And also this episode, I think it, everyone knows Dimitri's story but Rose. Like, mm -hmm. Janine knows his story. Obviously, Alberta knows. Like... Tatiana seems to know all of his business. But the fact that he willingly opens up to Rose instead yeah. of, like, her finding out from other people, I love that, like, whatever she knows about him, she, he told her or she observed. Yeah. I love that. I love <laughs> yes, that. Yeah, yeah but you make a really good point. It's pretty interesting how that works. Plus, then we were back to Eloise and Jesse and that disgusting breeding Thing, uh, which is so weird. Like it's they've made it so medical and so clinical, and it has got nothing to do with love or desire or lust or anything. It's it's their duty. It's just a thing you do, like brushing your teeth. 
It's just mm-hmm. the thing you do to you. <laughs> but also the change in Eloise to this scene since the last time we saw her. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder, like, what kind of, like prep she had to do because she was so upset when she was talking to Dimitri and then yeah. she kind of shows up and she's like well here we go she just like, blessed A to me she's like I have no choice so. she's resigned yeah she's resigned yeah. I feel like it would have broken me to see more of that conversation mm-hmm. so I'm mm-hmm. almost glad that we don't but I, you yeah, know they give us just be, what like, we need some... but not too much do we think she's coming yeah. back in season 2 no I think so <laughs> not if she's not pre- if she's pregnant yeah if she didn't get pregnant if it didn't work Probably not. I think she might come back when we finally get Dimitri's family. Mm, I think so too. Oh, no, we might see her again Um, um, uh, um when Strigitri era and yeah. Rose mm-hmm. goes off and is like going through all the comments. I think so. I think, I think we will. I definitely think she'll be back. Yeah. Um, so we'll see about that. But then we have the Joe parcel. Christian being Ugh. stupid again. Creepy. Why didn't you read the note first? Guys, guys, wait, wait, wait. wait before we so move on. Yeah. Before we move on, what if, just super quickly, what if when they, like, cross paths again, like, Eloise already knows so much about Rose because Dimitri was already, like, telling her about Rose and stuff. No, that makes me feel like a casserole of emotions and I can't deal with it. <laughs> I just, oh, because Rose is standing there, like, all jealous trying to figure out, like, who is this woman that he's talking to, but I imagine it's just, like, Dimitri, like, what, well, I, I met like, someone. So there's yes, this girl. I, met, I met this woman who's amazing. Oh we can move on. We can move on. I have too many feelings. I, Back to the joke. <laughs> wait, and then Rose meeting, Rose meeting Eloise when Dimitri's with Trigoy. Yeah. And then talking. And Okay, okay, let's move on. Let's move on. So, yeah, it must stink because it's roaching in that parcel. Like, it's just. Also, how. Like, I, I just feel like Diane bringing this up in the more dorm hall and then nobody noticed her, but. Just, it's just weird. But there is a card that says Xavier, but I don't understand why he doesn't immediately tell people about I, it. Yeah, I'm like, my god. Why doesn't he read the note first? Like, okay, honestly, what a mood, though. You see something really scary, and you're like, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. Set that <laughs> yeah. aside. Let's ignore our problems. Exactly. Yeah. What a king. But I also understand that, like, you know, he later on, he does compare it to a cat bringing you dead mice. Or something, and I think because he... they, because it's like he's like it's just their issues. Like they love me, it's just their form of showing it. I'm like my guy, like are you in denial? It's such a it's such a terrible terrible thing to think about yourself, but it's it's what it is. He doesn't understand. Um, he's struggling through so much right now. I I will let I will let it pass. We um we have some more dancing and the death watch for the Moroi with us like tons of fashion and all the weird masks and okay. stuff. This and scene is so like, funny if you take yeah, away the background music and it's it, just yeah. the clicking of the feet. It is yeah. so yeah. funny. Also, so, when they're like pedaling, I'm sorry, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. And also, like, why the fuck like is it. he talking about a secret magic that nobody can know about, which is blasphematory in the middle of a like pretty yes. quiet dance In hall. defense of my client, <laughs> he's going through a lot. <laughs> Wait, I just you were trying I to say that so defense funny. squad. No, I thought it was really funny that he got to John. He was like, you know what? It's time for me to go see Lissa again. And he goes to the party and he's like, I'm going to break every up with time, you. Every time something traumatic happens to this boy, he's like, okay, but where's my girl? 
Like, and why does he like he breaks up with her? So first of all, he he comes out of his comfort zone. He shows up. He tells her all his secret stuff. Breaks up with her, and then Lisa's reaction is taking off her mask. Wait, we have to go through this scene by scene. We have to go. Okay. Wait. But it's also so funny because. Were they ever episode together? No. No. That's why this is so together. funny. This is why they are the icon. They are icons. They are the moment. Okay. I lost Who is my doing shit. It like I the... lost my shit Drago when he was Sarah like, "You'll hate me counters. for this. You'll hate me for this." But we can't be together. I'm like, Shut the fuck up. Again. That's where you lost it because I lost it at unicorns. You need to be protected. Protected. Yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> and you're like, you... wait, no, I know the whole scene line by line. He's like, "You really are a unicorn, but unicorns are rare and need to be protected." And she's like. What do you mean? And then he's like, he, he takes her this. hand and he kisses it. He's like, you'll hate me for this, but you and I can't be together. And then he slowly walks away and he's like, I'm sorry. As he's walking away, like, oh my God. They've got the biggest emos. And then she takes off her mask with both you. No, is- no, it's even funnier. <laughs> because the Victor sh- walks up and he's like, the queen needs to speak to you. And she takes off her mask and it's just beautiful tears just streaming down her face. But it is so art. Dramatic. And it for is what? camp. It is a masterpiece. Come counter. <laughs> <laughs> it is camp. I just, I love how they're in a completely different genre from the rest of the show. It's like, the they're in some weird Shakespearean shit. It's like, do they want to be uh, like a, tra- a tragedy or a comedy of errors? Like, what are they doing? They don't know. Yeah. They don't know. And then poor Lisa has just been dumped on the actual dance floor. She lost her boyfriend and her title. Yeah, and then just immediately cool. You have no family. I'm alive. Go make some babies. Like I need you yeah. to pop out some Wait. kids. <laughs> okay, if we're into that, go pop the Dragomirs. I was thinking it's fascinating how first of all the queen mentions that laws are laws and they can't be disregarded, and it's not only about the quorum, but it's also about how Lissa tried to get the non-royals into the party. So it kind of that has two meanings, and also I don't. <laughs> I had no thoughts. I just said something about the way the whole up was being about the Dampier's duty to like procreate, and then it ends with Lissa's duty to procreate as well. Where it's like that's all we're good for. So yeah, so it's so good. Like plot twist, it's just Lissa now. (laughs) Plot twist, it's all on you. I did have two thoughts about this scene. Like number one is I 100% thought at first that the queen was behind like bringing the law up, like remembering about the law until they confirmed that it's Tatiana. Like at first I was like. She did this like she's so mad that Lisa did that with the non-royals that she like went and dig, dug into this whole thing to bring up this law to prevent her to be from being queen, without actually like doing it in public. She's just sneaky. But then no, it was Tatiana. Like I was, I felt like a clown. I felt like a clown. She was at the bar while doing all this scheming. I was like, what are you? Like she has no time to sleep. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, no sleep, just girl boss. She looks so good. She's so smart. Like when does she eat? Mm -hmm. Like I just don't. What does she do? Like, and also, the yeah, conversation in the church with Victor, they are both oh. amazing. Okay, I have oh to say, God. I have to say, the way she says, mind your tone, this is a sacred place, I whimpered. That was yeah. so hard. Also, maybe the sense will grant you your, your wish. Yes. It, it's so, so good. She's a witch. I know. go back and forth. Okay, number one, I just realized this right the second, and this has no, okay, it literally has no point. I just really wanted to mention it, but... So Anita Joy, right? Uh-huh. And then you flip it, and it's Jay August. And I was like, "That's cool." Oh, They're like names to flip, right? That's so unimportant. I just wanted to mention it because oh, I was thinking cool. about their scene. Anyway, they're so talented because I was so invested. I was like, bah, bah, bah. like it was like right? tennis match. Yes, their back and forth is so good. Like I love all the politics in the show. 
Those two, and they go at it a lot. Yeah, they're great. I love them. Amazing. Especially, like, they both are different parts of the church, and they both represent different parts of faith, and they're in the sacred place. And they're, like, there's this most evil manipulation, and it's just so good. Like, all the, all the images and allegory of the worst things happen in sometimes the purest places. It's just... So, sorry, sorry. To, to say it, it's so funny, because when you first watch it, you don't expect Tatiana to be the one making this rule up. Because you're, like, watching this, and you're like, oh my god, Tatiana's, like, with the damn peers. And all of a sudden, it's like, no, I oh. just want... It's yeah. such a good plot twist. I remember, like, just watching the show, and I'm like, I like her. And then that happened, and I was like, oh. Yeah. You're like, what is she doing? <laughs> I was like, what never the- mind. You're betraying me. <laughs> I'm so easily won over by charismatic people. I'm like, yes, yes. Look good. She has a great fashion sense. Yeah, you know? I was like, what are our theories about like the line when she says the um perhaps the saints will grant you grant you your wish? She's a witch. <laughs> That's your theory. My theory like, is how I forgot that she wasn't writing vampire diaries, and she was like, what would Bonnie do? That's the second time we're thinking that she was still writing Vampire Diaries. It's, it's now becoming a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I still need to watch Vampire Diaries. Yep, you should. But then we are back to Dimitri and Rose. And Janine fucking left. Without even saying she's left. Yes. Not even I a goodbye. It's so weird because the next time we see Janine, she's so much more maternal and she's so much more caring because she shows up and she's like, it was an honor to fight with such a talented guardian or whatever. Like, she didn't even say goodbye. She like, went home and self-reflected. The <laughs> only correspondence they have between this episode where she just said her Irish goodbye and, like, dipped out, and the next time you see her is the email after um, Rose killed the Strigoi. So I'm like, did Rose, like, earn her mother's love by, like, killing a Strigoi and becoming a legend? Yeah. Like, that's one way to do it. She said, wow, Rose Hathaway killed somebody? You need to email her. You know? That's Good job. daughter. Like, yeah, I'm so proud so of you. It's so interesting that she didn't say goodbye. Like that is, she said, like yeah. Dimitri was like, "Yeah, your mom's gone." Like it is what goodbye. it is. And I was like, Dimitri and Janine knowing each other's business and communicating it to Rose is so funny to me. Like the Dimitri Janine b- friendship of like, oh my tell God. my daughter yeah. I'm leaving. It's okay. I love that. And mother-in-law. Oh, I was gonna say they're like closer than like Rose and her mom. That's funny. Yeah, they are. It's sad though. Sad, <laughs> a little bit sad. Yeah. Imagine Janine's like jokingly, oh, like my son. She's like jokingly like Dimitri, my son, and then she's like, I didn't actually mean it. Like, bro, what the fuck? Oh my god! Is like, Dimitri like this is my son, and then oh. um Rose? <laughs> this is my son and his girlfriend Rose. <laughs> uh, so then we have the whole conversation about the training where he's where she yes. steals his drink. Oh, oh, oh my god! Them getting I closer die? to each other as the conversation goes on, like the getting yes. closer. Mm-hmm. And, like, Mason, the, the I was giggling and kicking my feet. This You're entire ready scene. to be like, go now, kiss, just kiss. Come on. And also, like the whole thing about Alexei, where she, she, there's a lot, he talks a lot about the ethics of duty and the blame that comes with putting yourself first when you, like, you should put yourself first, but he felt bonded to his person and now he carries the guilt forever, and that's why he's unable to ever let go of. The guardian in him, like chef's kiss. Honestly. Yeah, and the way Rose is like, you were friends with the Maroi. I see. Like, like no. 
parallel? We talked about in the last episode we recorded of how, like, Dimitri is the Rolissa defender. And even in the moments where he's supposed to be keeping them apart, like, he knows when they need each other. But it's like Ugh. he has that soft spot for them because he had the same don't, relationship. Don't like, he had that. the same friendship. He knows how they feel. And I'm like, oh. That hurts. Yes. Why would you say that yes. to me if you know how I feel? It's true. It's so true. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it is, hurts. It is so interesting and it hurts a lot. And I also think it's nice that um, she she dares ask him about uh, Eloise and the baby. And I wonder, would she have had she not drunk before? Like that she's she, drunk and she's like, who was that woman? Like yeah. she dares to go and she's like, listen, I have I have no entitlement to this. Really, like I, there's no reason for you to tell me, but I need to know. And I think just the fact that she is showing this part of her maybe allows him to show his part of his mm -hmm. past as well and mm -hmm. like some of the vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. um, it's very it's a very good exchange in when he says I would never bet against you, Rosalie. It's an amazing line, and also just the like he says Rose it, needs that. Yeah. Rose needs somebody to, to trust Root for her. Yeah, because she doesn't um, have her mom. So yeah, so it's, it's someone right. who, no matter what, will believe in her. I know Lisa does, but Lisa is not a god, and she doesn't really understand. This is baby and doesn't know anything. Lisa is living her life, vibing, and you know. But it's also so funny because it reminds me of the Hunger Games. I just couldn't think, stop thinking about it. So like I never bet on you, cat. Like um, oh. with the Mockingjay. Anyway, that was so random. Again, I'm so sorry. My brain is just like it's okay, thinking it's about okay. that line. Hunger Games is amazing. But yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a beautiful <laughs> line and it's a beautiful show of trust. And I think it's mm -hmm. what gets her into accepting uh, the mentorship. And the way she goes, that last one is for me the moment she is the cutest in the entire show. Mm -hmm. Her face yeah. scrunch is everything to me. It's everything. Yeah. It's also, but also the scene made me so emotional because it's like she wants so much and she wants to fight for it. But also like there's like that doubt, but also she wants, it's like, she's so passionate. Yeah. And I just want her to be happy and like yes. never have anything bad happen. Like just let her live in that bubble where she thinks that everything will be good. Mm -hmm. I would like to yeah. say that my husband had time to eat, leave for work work, come back to work, and I'm still here. Yeah, 10 minutes. Let's wrap this up. Uh, also, yeah. like, Mason just showing up, and he's like, boo-hoo in the back, like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, well. <laughs> just so down with the situation. Yeah. It's, it. fun. it's so funny. We, we have more of, like, more being awful about people's bodies with Dane forbidding JC from going to the butthole house and I like how Dane is basically like keep your sperm for official dump your babies please yes. like do not do not spread it everywhere else it, it needs it. to be optimized <laughs> like, you be at your best you know so it's not a time when it really makes me hate him but also it just shows that even men are being oppressed now being and even men's bodies are being controlled in this situation. And then we get the Psyhounds and the weird Strigoi. Yeah. They really left nobody for the CGI. The so CGI was horrible. But this, the music is amazing of the Psyhounds running through yeah. the... Hey guys, it's Cam. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's number six. I 100% thought that he, the Psyhounds were going to kill Jesse. Oh, I didn't. This is literally I, I the did. second episode in a row that ends with like has like 
a brush of death with Jesse. Yes. Vincent attacks the guy like nobody's business. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jesse is like Hades' son in Percy Jackson. Like, all the death is just coming to him. It's just how I see it. Because will it catch up with him? Yeah. No, I don't know. I hope not, because I love the Destroyer. So, but... Oh, no, yeah. But, uh, Jesse but, doesn't yeah. die in the books, but he was a very minor character. So. Let me also say that although I love the song and the montage and all of it, I did not understand it was the monk the first time I watched it. I did. What it was happening? I just saw a giant like monkey thing. <laughs> I was like, what? No, okay, guys, I have never read the books before, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, what is going on with that body? Why yeah, is that so bad? Who's that? Like, what's that? What's yeah. happening? I was like, I was on? like, moving on. That's weird. Just so yeah. so strange. But then mm-hmm. we get Victor's episode and being mm-hmm. saying, and Sonia crying is, this is such a yes. good ending. Like, it's so dramatic. She served with that, like, with that acting. She, she served so much, so well. Exactly. So intense. It's like she's yeah. like the way she says, "Daddy, daddy." You see, yeah, like breaks me. Six year old. Like, it's, yeah. it's not an adult, and I think anybody, when they have a close relationship with their parents, if something happens to them, you get thrown back to being Especially a if you have a very, like, um, involved parent who just, like, like is very, like... Well, she's been infantilized by him That's anyway. what I'm trying, that's what I was trying to say. You, yeah. where you, when you grow up like that, it's very, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty powerful, and I think it, we all knew what was coming, uh, and that he would be fine. Not but me. also the fact mm-hmm. that the news of the monk dying is what kind of triggers it, um, yeah. like all the anxiety, and then we at the t- at the time I didn't know who the Cyhounds were from. Like I had opinions, and Tatiana was one of them, but I wasn't sure. Um, so yeah, it, it was a really good ending. I thought like loads of different mm-hmm. things. Very good. Thinking. Very epic. Uh, do you guys have any general thoughts about like the filmography or the music, or so, should we just jump to it? I have one thought. I have one thought. Okay. So, okay. Andre said there was a cutscene in episode three, but I'm like, it would have fit much better in episode two with like Christian and Jesse and like the fire thingy. And like, I wish we could have gotten that because it would have been so attractive. Um, and that's my highest priority, of course. But also, I was thinking. Because I'm trying to justify it. Maybe the reason why they cut Christian torching Jesse or like scaring him with the fire is maybe it wouldn't fit with where show Christian is at at the time. But I would still like to see it because, yeah, blame on. Okay, that was my one thought that I had. I need all the cutscenes. And I need them on my desk now. Anyway, I want them all. I want them all. We'll talk more about it in five because there are so many in five that mm-hmm. we should have had and stuff. Yes. Uh, they're, they're just so good. Do you have a favorite scene? And is it for everybody's a dance? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to me, it's a dance, at least. Well, no, to actually. Me it's a dance. Actually, I do love the, the dance, but I think I prefer the Remitri interaction at the end more. I don't know if I have a favorite scene. Have you ever seen? Yeah, my favorite scene is the bar, but only the part where they go Johnny, Johnny. I love the dance, but I think uh, I have rewatched it a million times. The Mermina scene before the walk, so I love that scene, but I still think the dance is probably my favorite. There's so much happening. There's a a lot of different details. 
there is a big building moment in many ways, both in the plot and the culture and the characters dynamic. It's just, mm-hmm. I will never get over Meredith pulling Mason and being like, get over it. Uh, so yeah, I really do love that scene. Um, my fa- one of my favorite lines is the one about the library. What do you want to do with the library? Is forever something I'm gonna cherish? Yeah, <laughs> very fun. Um, do you have a performance of the week award? You said uh, Lisa taking off her mask and Danny's face just. But also every like, Mia line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, it's yeah. honestly Jonetta at the end. Yeah, Jonetta. I would. Agree. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just being silly right now. <laughs> like Mia's amazing in this, but I feel like Jonetta really gave it a role. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. I have so many notes about like just like Rose is like facial expressions in this episode. Yeah, she has great facial expressions. In this so like just yeah, there's also that that I just really appreciate all those little details. But also, I do have a final thought that I just realized looking through my notes is I never really paid much attention to Lissa and Mia's dynamic until, like, rewatching. Yeah. And so that wasn't yeah. something that stood out to me this time around. Uh, this comes out on the week that Andre has his birthday. Uh, so we're just wishing him a happy birthday. We hope he has it's a It's a happy day. early late yeah. birthday because it comes out. Yeah. We're filming it before, but it comes out after. It comes out after, <laughs> it comes yeah. the day after. So, Andre, happy birthday. I know happy birthday, Andre. I know we've a lot in this episode, but his performance and the growth it's of wonderful. his character... Yes. is amazing and the transformation that you can see so clearly i think it would have been hard for anybody else to really accomplish yes. that we yeah. tease yeah. because we love yeah and we he's because yeah. we love he's exactly. so iconic and okay. okay if we are praising right now i think his delivery of his monologue to rose was very well done yes. and very well yeah. acted and you can really and feel the like pain a genuine nice funny person like on twitter and stuff his yeah. i will always cherish his see, Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know if and I'm too far gone, him. but everything he does makes me giggle, and I'm just like, I hate myself. And so, he's the, he's the real I... MVP for putting up with the unicorn lines. Yeah, and also he has such great chemistry, not only with Danny, but with the friends around yeah, him. Exactly. I, like like, I want to see. At, I need him and characters. Kieran to be in more scenes together because they're friends. Yes, yes, please. Andre, Oh, with, Andre, oh my gosh, friendship with Mia is so funny. Oh, it is so funny. It's so cute. But Andre, happy birthday. You look really good in a suit. You look oh, hot. Yeah, <laughs> and it's going to be a great day. Uh, yeah, we hope you're having a great day. Also, Andre is all of us saying he had FOMO while everybody was at Ray's uh, play. Um, mm, he should have gone. Could really. Yeah, um, I wish. But, but yeah, hope you had a great birthday. Thank you so much for being our Christian. Uh, can't wait to see you. In the next season, that will happen because it's we happening. Are it has to happen. No, yes, I have connections. Uh, should we say our goodbyes, guys? Until mm-hmm. we oh, yes. for episode four benchmarks. Should I? Should, should I sign us out with? Uh, yeah. Yes, okay. please. So everybody, that was that is a wrap on episode three of Vampire Academy. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back on December fourth, right? Because that's a Sunday. Yeah, that's- and the next one will be December 18th. Okay, cool. I guess we can keep that. We're coming back on December 18th. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Which will be, I think, Kieran's week. It yes. Birthday week. It back to be. back. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get go. ready for me to talk my shit for Kieran's birthday. You have 100 reasons why you love him. Like, like half the podcast will be. 
just about Caitlin. Can somebody send us out on the song, please? Oh, yes. We sing at the end of every episode, so get ready for it. <laughs> I don't sing. We title our episodes, so <laughs> it's mm-hmm. going to happen. We're ready? Yeah, what, what are you guys singing? Three, two. <laughs> so don't you dare, <laughs> dare look back. I said, hold him back. She said, shut up and dance with me. Okay. All around me are familiar faces. I went into French in the middle. Of the faces. Yeah. We're all offbeat, but it's okay. It's fine. That's yeah. it. That's it for we us. Hi. Bye. 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 Bye.